Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I'm your host, the Outlaw LA Reds. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on the Twit Machine at MMMShow75 or Instagram or where else are you? Are you posting us live, Byron? Venmo. 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 Uh, it's an it's uh it's a new social media thing you can see. Are we money. are we actually MMM show seventy five on Venmo? Can people send us money? <laughs> well, it goes to my bank account, but sort of yes. Uh, look, you deserve it. You've been money marking for us forever. Anyway, we've also got Byron Fever at Byron Fever ish. Uh, mm-hmm. The Jimmy V. Is that where you are at the Jimmy V? That is correct on both uh, Instagram and Twitter, and not on Venmo. And so. then uh, at Meat Pies or what? What? What are you called over there? Meef loaf. Meef. Why? Why is that? I don't. Have we ever asked you that? Yes. Yeah, you Every week. <laughs> my, friend drunk, my friend got drunk and couldn't say Meat Loaf because I look like Meat Loaf when I had my long hair. Well, so I'm called Meef Loaf, and that's how it stuck. You look like John Waters if he was uh, on Megan's Law right now. So um, we'll move on to our very special guests at Eric Van Wagenen and at CM Roach. I believe those are your your handles, right, gentlemen? CM underscore Roach. Underscore. Come on. I think you got me, but I'm I'm thinking of giving up on the Twitter thing. What? I've I've had enough. (laughs) <laughs> How did you give up on the tweet machine? Uh, I, you know, I, I turned fifty. I'm too old for social media. I, I, <laughs> Happy I, birthday! It's like the cesspool of anger and 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 pissed off people. And I'm honestly, if I disappear one day, you'll know why. It's a happy place. I mean, just look at all the tweets from like Cardi B and Kanye and our president. It's a very- I, I, have, I have two shows that wrap up next week, and that might be a, a good clean time for me to take a break. Oh my God! They really are both ending the same week, aren't they? Forty-eight hours apart. Why yeah. did that happen? <laughs> Have you been post on both of them like simultaneously the whole time? No, I mean uh, uh, Lucha wrapped post a long time ago, several or I'd say a couple months ago, and then I've just been doing live packages for Contender and getting the live show ready because you know a live sporting event at the forum is kind of a lot more work than I thought it would be, but it's it's not that bad. It, it, and I'm inviting all you guys. I'm definitely coming. I'm as my guest. I am In definitely going to be there. I will give tickets to anybody who's watching this now who, who types in. Uh, I'll give them tickets. So as a little bonus for watching the show live. In the, wow. In the chat, Ooh. let us know um, if you want tickets to the Contender Live finale. And the forum. show. Um, I have been watching. I didn't watch the very last episode, but I was actually at the taping for that one. So I don't feel like I missed too much, which was the um, Mosley Jr. versus uh, the guy who came back. Yeah, Daniel Valdivia. Velveeta. Vel- Vel- Velveeta. <laughs> yeah. As Eric would say. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then uh, Sherrod versus uh, Moore. Gerald, right? Yeah, Gerald Sherrill against Michael Moore. Good fight. Yeah, that's, uh, Michael Moore is my man. I love uh, why don't great, I'll, I'll, great he, documentarian too. He would love exactly. <laughs> he's a much better fight. Yeah, he's yeah. actually uh, the antithesis of that Michael Moore. Yeah. But I should I, if you want him on your show, uh, Justin, I, I can get him on. Do. I absolutely do. Uh, and in fact, uh, you mentioned that before, and I was going to take you up on it. But we've been so knee deep in this Lucha Underground stuff, which we're going yeah. to introduce shortly, guys. But I did have to talk about the contender because. I, I, and I hate to say this to uh, several other fellow reality producers that are on this this virtual dais here, but 
I can honestly say that, especially for sports competition reality shows, this season of The Contender is absolutely hands down my favorite. Wow. Um, better, than, better than ones I have worked on myself, better than the original five seasons of The Ultimate Fighter, better than Tough wow. Enough, all of them. I think this season of The Contender takes the cake. I, I'm very, thank you for saying that. I'm very proud of the season. I, w- I wish more people had epics and could watch it and could enjoy it. Um, hoping they'll come up with some way that after it's all over, they can put it out there so people can see it. But, you know, with, with, with Chris Roach here, uh, you know, I think you need to put a big caveat there. It's not as good as uh, big brother. Oh, no, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, you know, I get if anyone implies anything is better than big brother, I lose my mind. I am actually a huge big brother fan. And, um, I have to say the finales leave me baffled almost every year, Chris. What do you mean? Who wins? Yeah, every year now. I'm just kind of like, wow, really? Like 20, is this 20 years now, Chris? Is it, Are you a 20 years, Big Brother? Uh, I've, have I worked on it? Or has no, the not show, you, but I mean, the, it's, it's, I, I, like, I'm always amazed when yeah, shows. Season, like, like season, tw- season 20. Season so, 20. I mean, yeah. Dude, that is years. that is that is remarkable. It's crazy. I, I, it's not my like. I always tease you because I hate the show, but yeah. I, I, <laughs> I bow down to to its to its success. I mean, I think honestly, the the strength in that show and in the contender, um, especially these two past seasons, was casting, um, which you guys probably had nothing to do with. I'm sure we did. <laughs> we no, give I input. Mean, realistically like the big brother cast this season i i found extremely compelling uh i was really mad when rachel left but uh and and michael on more on the contender god that that helps completely make that show by the way real quick you mentioned rachel i just have to say an easter egg a big brother slash lucha underground easter egg is in the very first episode when we meet the new house guests and rachel is leaving for the airport or saying goodbye Killer Kevin Cross is is there. Oh yeah, she's Vegas too. So yeah, he, yep. I just did mention that he knew. Yeah, her. they're friends. Yep. So there's a quick glimpse of him, and I I'm pretty sure they had to blur a Lucha Underground T-shirt that he was wearing. <laughs> oh CBS. Yeah. Oh. We would have let you do that. Well, <laughs> I tried. It's, what it's, can you is do? It a public vote? Do you, is it a public vote to get people out or? No, uh, they vote. Uh, yeah, it's different than the uh, oh, yeah, the other here, ones. They, they vote in the house. UK, the, audit, the, the viewers vote, right? In England, the viewers vote. Yeah, so like the housemates nominate people to and go up for the public elimination. Got and it. That that's kind of why of Gary Busey won. They didn't Gary mm-hmm. Busey win? Wow. And they put him up everybody else in the house. They put him up every week, but the audience demanded more Busey. Which I completely respect the English people for. <laughs> I mean, man, if American Big Brother was like that, seasons would be drastically different. I don't know oh, yeah. about better because there'd be some freak shows that that would have made it really, really far. That we've I've had people who are so that. evil, they're complete bastards, and <laughs> the public purposely keep them in just to make it hell for everybody. Yeah, but see, we've had we've had people in the American Big Brother that are complete bastards that have made it all the way to the end in spite of that. We had so, evil Dick. Yeah, evil's in his name. Yeah, and uh, the good doctor. What was the first winner guy? What was his name? Uh, doctor Will. 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 Yeah, love that yeah. guy. <laughs> are you guys watching uh, Mundo on Survivor? 
Uh, I've watched the first two or three and need to catch up. I heard he had some good moments this week. Johnny Survivor, as I like to call it now. Yeah, it's the, the, uh, the, the superior Van Wagner show, right? <laughs> it hurts my heart. Oh, no. Come on. Matt's doing a great job over there. I, I was the first Van Wagner to work on that show. That's true. He just worked on it longer and better. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh. oh, Jim. It's like I slept with his girlfriend before he married her. It's terrible. <laughs> um. <laughs> I didn't, by the way. That's not true. <laughs> I'm just drawing a... You know, um, you know what I mean. Lucha Blog sent me some questions for you guys. I'm not going to ask any of them yet, though, because we got to get warmed up before we get into any questions mm-hmm. from Lucha Blog. Because they're 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 tense. They're oh, I'm excited for the Lucha Blog questions. Let's yeah. do this. I mean, I he's, like he's got some good ones. Um, enough, enough of this Big Brother nonsense. Let's go. I know. It's all about Lucha Blog, man. He's yeah. the one guy that strikes fear in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> and and judging by a couple of these questions, maybe that's accurate. But I'm going to ask you about some Happy Joy Joy stuff first because I have an agenda, and my agenda every year around this time is to put over who I feel is the breakout star of the year. I think we've talked to both of you about this person before, but mm-hmm. damn it, Sunny Kiss, the right. delicious, I feel earns this year's Dante Fox Award for Breakout Loot Underground star. Um, how are you guys feeling about how it's come across on TV? I mean, we talked about the live performance, but how it came across and how the audience responded to Exolicious. Um. I think, uh, I mean, you know, it's funny. Exolicious is, uh, I mean, he's great. Uh, I feel like he, and I don't know, maybe I'm not as into the uh, online community, but I feel like in the temple, he was super over. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's felt that much, as much on TV as it as I felt it at the tapings. I don't know. What do you guys think? Or do you or do you feel he's he's pretty I over? Think, I, feel I think like so. About a lot of things. There's a lot of things that that for whatever reason don't always translate from the live experience. But I would agree with you. I'm like it, when when he came out and he had those first few matches, it, it, you could just like there were signs the next day for him that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah I was it was pretty instantaneous in the temple and um. I would say this. I mean, our our highest rated episode ever is an interview with Sonny. So, wow. yeah. And I've, well, that's I've, even... At least the, the true believers, I think, have latched on. And, and there's, there's a lot of reasons for that, too. I think there wasn't a lot of information out there about Sonny, especially for mm-hmm. the West Coast fans. Yeah, you know, a surprise. Primarily been working, you know, upstate in New York and, and East Coast areas. Yeah. So. I think that that had a lot to do with it as well, whereas people have access, especially out here, to a lot of the other talent. Um, but that is, I mean, by a long shot. It, it dwarfs our, our highest-rated Eric episode where he came and broke news <laughs> about talent contracts and whatnot. I mean, <laughs> That's crazy. Someone's fired. i got to shut up once in a while. I'm under <laughs> a non-disclosure agreement. I'm dead. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I will Luke say this. Turn, I, your, turn your computer off, Luke. <laughs> I feel like Exolicious deserves uh, a longer season. You know, Dante yeah. Fox had the advantage of being on a 40 episode. You're uh, right. Exolicious, it, you know, the hardest thing to me about season four is our shortest season and we're, you know, to service so many characters and give them meaningful storylines uh, is hard, especially for newcomers. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, a few, a few of them got in there pretty good. Um, you know, and a few of them, I think, got late pushes as some of the you know more established characters wrapped up their storylines mid-season. I think, you know, we got yeah. to see Sammy Guevara towards the end, and we got to see, you know, the, the swagger character go a little further and cross character finally come in and be in the ring and whatnot. Um, so I think it was kind of a, a shift in the middle. But, yeah, that was also another one of my questions. Do you guys feel like... I mean, I know there was different reasons for this new blood coming in. Was the late push in the season for some of these characters because of the fact that they weren't the guys that you guys originally planned or wrote for? Or was it because, you know, it was always intended that way? Like, why why are we seeing so many of these newer guys kind of bloom later in their storyline? Like, like, what do you mean? What's an example? Like Sammy Guevara? Yeah, Sammy Guevara. I think Cross also. I mean, even mm-hmm. though Vignette debuted earlier, we didn't see him in the ring until pretty much the last quarter of the season. I mean, given you had to kill off a couple of the rabbits first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Sammy uh, was was a replacement for Joey Ryan, who had another commitment, so we had to change that. Uh, the White Rabbit, I think, always was rolled out as intended. Um, but yeah, you know, when you there's always things that shift around, especially when you're you know, you write everything and talk about everything and plan out everything. And then there's the reality of shooting everything and, and things change. And the U.S. State Department. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys got, got brutalized a little bit at the beginning. And I know you guys can't say everyone who was supposed to show up, but um, who who came instead? I mean, who? so Sammy Guevara is one of the, the, the later guys. Um, were there, there were some of these other people? Desmond, Desmond Xavier was he? He was obviously probably somebody that was brought in to fill in, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah he was. Um, one of my favorite new characters who was a last minute addition is Big Bad Steve. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about Steve. Right, come on, let's do this. Oh, we hope you love him. Uh, uh, I, I love, I love the character. I got to get one of those shirts. I got to get an oil change, too, by the way. Yeah, I mean, well. Wrestling shirt. Now, were you guys surprised that Big Bad Steve got over late in the season? I mean, got over. It was pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, but he, <laughs> you know. Big Bad Steve is uh, that's something where a guy can just say, "All right, this is dumb. I'm going to earn a paycheck," or they go and and make the most of it and and get it over. And he did. I love it. And the name? Who came up with the name Big Bad Steve? Uh, I think the Joseph just said it as a joke, and we all <laughs> it was so funny. So then why not? It was literally. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of Eric can allude to there was a lot of uh talent issues like right at the last minute so we had to scramble a bit <laughs> yeah big bad steve was one of those ones where he comes out and the <laughs> big bad steve and he just kind of look, look over at dj and you have to just go oh all right you got us this far we're yeah going, we're, we're going with big bad steve yeah but, uh, <laughs> it grows on you it does yeah, it does I love it. I mean, I like yeah. I like simple, straightforward wrestling to a certain degree. Especially Matt, when Matt, Matt Stol- if I can tell a Matt Stolman story, uh, I don't know if I told you this this one before. 
but but I always equate this uh, this wisdom to Matt Stolman. Uh, in season one, when Son of Havoc was getting over uh, more than half the rest of the guys, you know, more than all these guys, people were chanting Son of Havoc. And, you know, Matt's a great worker and he was, you know, it was it, he was cool, but he was never designed to be a guy that was like, you know, a big crowd favorite. And I said something to Stolman, like, I just don't get why Matt's getting over so 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 much more than everybody else. And and Stolman looked at me and he goes, He's the right amount of shitty. Wrestling fans like the right amount of shitty. And and Son of Havoc is the right amount of shitty. And I just went, okay, there we go. So I think there's a little of that in Big Bad Steve. Absolutely. Yes. 110%. Yes. I think that that pretty much sums it up perfectly. Um, <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, what's amazing about the Son of Havoc character is, like, he started and he was kind of a jobber and he's ridiculous. I mean, he's like a biker. I don't even know what he is. But then people embraced it and the performer is an amazing performer and you transform I mean, that's literally turning lemons into lemonade, you know, until you have something like really great. It's, and, it, and it all depends on how people react. Well, and, and sometimes uh, sometimes people react a little <clears throat> late in the game, like um, Vinny Massaro, for instance, mm -hmm. where I think that he got over. He might be a little too much shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm kidding. I love Vinny. Vinny's the best. <laughs> I mean, he really he got over those last two matches. I mean, his sacrifice match, uh, people were like pissed at, on the internet the next day. Nobody gave a shit about anybody else who got sacrificed for the most part. But then Vinny died, and people were like, "Holy shit, Vinny!" And they and, and the crowd was hot for him that whole night. Yeah, I was yeah. really surprised. Like, I we we cheer for Vinny, and we always mm -hmm. have fun with him. But we know Vinny, and then but like people who didn't know Vinny were going nuts for him. Yeah. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God um, bless Vinny. I love Vinny. I was also very pleased on this current episode to see our dear friend Carmen Perez get mm -hmm. a cameo. Um, was that all pre-shot footage, or did you guys actually get her back, or what? how'd you guys do that? that? that, that she she lives in Norway now, and uh, budget cuts wouldn't <laughs> allow the uh, to to bring her in, so that was that was extra footage from previous vignettes. Well, she had she had teased earlier in the year. She had told me, "Oh, you might see me make an appearance somehow." And I was like, "What? I know they're not paying to fly your ass in, so how's that going to happen?" But it was a pleasant surprise because I I knew that it may be coming at some point, and then I thought that she was just full of shit and it never was going to happen. She she's great. We 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 really like her, but you know, she fell in love and went off to Norway to get married. So yeah, um, it, it was we, me with a camera. I, I went to Norway. <laughs> yeah, I bet you would have. Take it easy. <laughs> Um, okay, so here's a here's a big one for you guys. Uh -huh. Was Killer Cross supposed to originally be the Jake Strong character in some fashion? No. That that's a great answer. <laughs> Jake Eric's Strong about it still. Well, no, he he moved around a lot. There was like three or four. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like everybody else. I mean, mm -hmm. there's um. We we did have, you know, first of all, the whole the season's not done yet, so there's certain things, yeah, spoilery things. Um, but we've talked about him for a few other things. But Jake Strong is Jake Strong. We you know we made Jake Strong when we 
when we got that performer. Hmm. See, that's interesting because a lot of people have been speculating that, you know, when you guys signed Cross and then he was potentially doing this WWE thing right, the mm -hmm. right before the season started, that maybe it got switched to Jake and then well, that came in and something different. I mean, as far, listen, I, you know, timeline wise, I don't know when everything's happening, but I can say that. You know, maybe because of that, we had we considered different things for Cross that could have played out a different way. Uh, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it wasn't like when Jake Strong, when he when we got him, we we're like, oh, he's going to fill that role now. We were like, what can we do with with this performer? Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Which is great. I mean, I, and that's kind of what I would expect from you guys too, because I know you guys love getting a hold of talent and seeing what they're bringing to it. And mm -hmm. you know, we've talked to London and Cross both about kind of the evolution of the White Rabbit character, and mm -hmm. and Paul was really excited when he heard that Cross was an option. To yeah, that, that spot and uh, those two collaborating with their. I don't even know what you want to call a psychosis or <laughs> psychopathy or <laughs> whatever those two get into when they brainstorm. You know what? Let me say, I he wasn't originally envisioned as the white rabbit, but I love him as the white rabbit. I also think it's, mm -hmm. you know, what Lucha Underground does that I think is cool is like, you know, you look at Kevin Cross and you're like, oh, he should be kind of like what the Jake Strong character is because he's a big, intimidating, scary guy. Um, but it's like we can get, we can still have him be that character, but with a twist. You know, he's this crazy clockwork orange bunny lord, which is Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, well, yeah. No, ever, ever since the ever since uh, the Rabbit Tribe vignettes started, I wanted full episodes of them. Yeah, I think all that stuff has been incredible. Yeah, yeah. He's he's amazing in that role. Well, so. he's actually that. I, I mean. I talk, I talk with him quite a bit and um, he's got like conspiracy theories and he's really into all of those weird films and mm -hmm. like that's really, really, really in him. <laughs> so it's not a stretch for him to, I mean, he's a, he's a great actor in the role too, but yeah, um, he's definitely the right guy to play a very twisted, demented kind of psychedelic psychopath. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first thing DJ ever showed me and Stolman and, you know, Eric uh, of him was some video he found of him on YouTube and it was cut together like natural born killers or something. It was oh, insane. Yeah. And I was like, I was like this, you know, this guy has it. He has the ick factor. This guy is going to be a star. We have to get this guy. It's like to put together your own video that is this captivating was amazing. Well, are you guys pissed that uh, he debuted in ring on Impact before Lucha Underground after signing him two and a half years ago? No, I'm not. I don't know. He's like, no, we did exactly what we wanted with him. <laughs> Does that I mean, even affect you guys? I mean, what other wrestling promotions are doing with the talent? I'm just glad I mean, the guys get to work. Yes, you know, that's how I feel. Yeah. And by the yeah. way, I've, you know, Impact is – Impact I don't think would be – you know, <coughs> half of their stars now are, are from Lucha Underground. And I think they got, they, you know, I'm glad that Lucha Underground gave them, a lot of them the exposure that brought them to Impact and that they get to work multiple places. Well, okay. So that, that leads in kind of perfectly to a, a, one of the Lucha blog questions. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, and I'll kind of rephrase it a little bit, but business-wise, where's where's Lucha Underground head? I mean, obviously, I think to me, it's it's definitely become the the TV show is the focal point. I know there was lots of talk in the past of trying to go on the road or this, that, and the other thing, and becoming more of a wrestling promotion. Um, but at this point, is it settled down into just being a TV show? And and how do you address some of those? more wrestling related issues for you guys story-wise and and business-wise well that's a uh, uh that's some that's a million dollar question um uh you know i feel like um there you know um it's sort of reached a tipping point i think in a lot of ways uh um you know we're, we're sort of at the point where you know um I, you know, and look, I don't know anything about season five, you know, those conversations, uh, you know, uh, those usually don't happen until, you know, a month or so after we go off the air and then, then El Ray starts to, hey, wait, hold on, wait, wait, season five had a green light. Um, I don't know that that's the case. I mean, I, I know that, look, the, the thing is always is that, um, uh, you know, we, you know, we, we do, we survive as El Rey survives and, 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 uh, you know, we need them to be successful and, uh, we need them to be able to afford to do the show. I think we reached the tipping point as far as like budget, budget wise. Um, you know, the, we've gone, I think as low as we can go. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that we would try to replicate the, the business model of season four again. And so it becomes a question of, can we, uh, can we find a way to do season five um, and without it being cheaper and faster and, you know, all, all the other things, uh, you know, I think season five, if we do it, will be a major reboot. I think, I think it'll be a reboot in a lot of ways. Uh, cast wise, I think, um, uh, you know, on a lot of levels, we'll, we'll be looking to reboot season five in a big way. Um, so, you know, the, the truth is, is that the, People who are, uh, you know, MGM is still really, um, all, you know, they're still very happy with it. They they want to keep doing it. Uh, they, the, you know, uh, I'm. There's discussions going on at MGM about additional lucha libre related programming and and IP, and you know, some of us are getting involved in talking about that. Um, so I don't think it's going away. I just don't think it's going to do this. I don't think it's going to sit in this survival mode. I think maybe we'd be looking to take on another partner um, that brings something different. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's still some international stuff that could happen. I mean, you know, it, it's tough because, um, you know, for guys like Chris and myself, you know, we're freelancers in a lot of ways and we work on a lot of different stuff. And so, um, when, when Lucha Underground raps shooting, you know, I, I've been living in the boxing world for the last six months. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'm not really, you know, uh, totally current on the day-to-day -day status of all the deals and, and whatnot. Um, and, and that's okay, but, but nobody's saying it's, it's dead, but uh, there's just not a huge uh, a hustle to get it on the air right now. But that's normal. That, 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 that always kind of happens. And then once we're off the air and El Rey starts to miss us, the, then the talks usually pick up in earnest. Yeah, they'll, they'll remember all those Modelo ads they sold. Mm -hmm. 
So that's a long roundabout way of, of telling Lucha Blog, I got no answers for you, buddy. <laughs> but there, I, mean, I, think that really, I think that is the question, though, that, that people are asking and asking all the time. And there's a reason why I avoid it from week to week, because I basically understand that and know that, like, look, at this point in the year, no one's going to approve something right now unless they have a surplus budget, which El Rey most likely doesn't have. They're going to probably wait till the next year. You know, we're going towards the end of the year now. They're going to see where the numbers are, see what their next programming is doing. Every it, it, These are just things. The people in offices have to look at things before they do the next thing. At some point, it stops being about creative decisions, and it, and it purely falls into business decisions. And, and, you know, as you know, and Chris knows, and anyone who works in television knows, you know, good shows sometimes go away for for business decisions. Sometimes shitty shows live on and on and on for business reasons. Is that a uh, jab? At, is that a jab at Big Brother? <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years of that goddamn show. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, but yeah, so how much you guys charge to watch? Uh, uh, internet feeds of uh, uh, people scratching their ass. How I, much think, is that it, a I month? think it's five ninety five or something like that. Now you get all the whole TBS world. Yeah, you can watch Star Trek Discovery. I love Lucy and stuff now too. I, I have yeah. I have CBS All Access <laughs> live feeds, but that's beside the point. You know what I mean. Um, so so you know we, we we're just we're just the hired guns. When when they want us to do it, we'll do it. Well, so creatively, it does look like, I mean, you, you'll have some some things to deal with. Um, Chelsea Green, we just heard oh. that she's going to WWE. What's Heartbreak. She's I already there. She's already Heartbreak. debuted. Why didn't you Heartbreak. put her under an airtight contract? What happened there? Well, she, she we look, we needed some people. And, uh, you know, she came in and did some dark matches and she was great. And she did this whole sort of hot mess thing with the blonde hair and crazy makeup. And then I think we asked her, can you, can you look a little more Latina? Can you, can you do something to change? So she, she went back to her natural brown hair. And I, I didn't even recognize her when she showed up with the brown hair. I actually nudged him. It's like, who's that? Well, she backed out from underneath the ring where I was sitting in the bleachers. And I thought it was somebody from the Lotus tribe because she was wearing the black thing or whatever. And, yeah. And until yeah. she turned around the ring, I had no clue. And I was like, She oh, went from like sideshow act to like the hottest girl in her roster in like in like one match it was crazy but i but think when she was, was doing the dark matches man. when she was doing the dark matches i think she actually had the pink hair she did mm -hmm. like the blonde and the pink yeah. but when she went to the all brown it just changed her look and i just i thought it just it was awesome it just totally worked okay so we got to ask about the match with her and pentagon this is another one that's up there with like taya and cage of these uh intergender matches that really exceeded what anybody could have imagined. Um, how did that match come about and how much time did they spend working on that? Because it looked like a well-oiled machine. It looked like they had been touring that match for three months before a big pay-per-view. They didn't have that much time. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm, that's why I'm trying to figure out like how did, awesome. how did they get that, that tight? I mean, that was a great, great match. They're both awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean... <laughs> I think Pentagon's really generous in those intergender matches. I remember yeah, totally. going against the Japanese girls. He was just so like he he was just he was took good such good care of them and he made them look so great. And I just remember, you know, he was sitting there in the and was it EO, she spoke like kind of broken Spanish, because uh, she had been trained Lucha Underground and they were just sitting there trying to talk and 
I mean, he's just such a good guy, and he was taking such good care of the of, of the, the the girls from Stardom, and, and you know, in in a weird way, you know, you know, he he he's this big evil horrible guy. When you put him in these situations where he's supposed to, you know, torture a female wrestler, you know, he really is. He's generous. He's very generous. You know, well, it totally worked and paid off in that match. And I've seen Chelsea wrestle a lot of times and mm -hmm. i had i had never seen that out of her before and it's no wonder that they stole her away from you guys after that kind of match don't let them be so good next time i don't blame them more mediocre yeah I don't, I don't blame them one bit isn't isn't that the third uh female wrestler that pentagon has wrestled that has since been signed to wwe <laughs> yes i think you're right wwe wants everybody well, yeah, I mean, they were even coming after Pentagon himself for a while. I mean, it, it looks like that's fizzled, right? <coughs> Listen, if they could take everyone, they would. Except maybe Vinny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I, I love that. Vinny. Yeah, they wouldn't take Vinny. I mean, they might need some guy I on love Vinny Um. Oh, okay, so I, I got to ask you guys about this one. Um, this one's for me. The internet was abuzz with talk after Jeff Cobb said that he was going to be leaving Lucha Underground. And um, many, many, many of the true believers and Lucha Click uh, followers are very upset because they feel like that is a tremendous spoiler from a main talent. What's the deal with Cobb? Do, do you guys have any idea what's going on with him or why he's saying such things? I didn't, when did he say it? I didn't even know. I didn't know that how long ago was this? What three weeks ago? About month, month, month and a half ago, actually. Month and a half ago. Well, good. We're getting him in trouble right now. Then, <laughs> damn it, Jeff. Why did you say that? <laughs> yeah, he said he said he was leaving the promotion. Mm -hmm. Is he done? Does, I mean, I have to ask you guys. You can decline to comment, but I have to ask: Is Jeff done? And and why why would he go out and put that out before the end of the season? I mean, I, you know, I, you'd have to ask Jeff why you would put that yeah. out. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I certainly wouldn't have put that out from our side. Um, I, you know, look, there's, there's always decisions that have to be made between seasons, and the big piece of it is, are, you know, when are we coming back for season five? So it's not like I can say anybody's leaving or staying or whatever if we don't have the season five pickup. So, you know, I, if anything, I would just say. Um, until there's a choice to be made, it's a lot of speculation. Yeah. Well, and I, I do feel like, you know, Lucha Underground is this place where characters may not die and be gone forever. But believe me, my inbox fills up. I mean, uh, the, the, the DMs about, is Carly gone? Um, you know, just yesterday I got probably 15 to 20 about um, Killshot, Shane Strickland now. If he's... If that that wrap up piece with AR Fox means that uh, Killshot is moving on for good, yeah. I mean, uh, you guys care to comment on either of those two? I mean, I know that Carly's been doing a lot of other acting, and she's really looking to broaden her horizons. Well, I, I do think that there needs to be, um, you know, I, I think you can only go so far with certain characters and storylines. I mean, you know, you know, how many more times can we see the same stuff? you know, and the, the same people now, you know, maybe that's just cynical me saying that, but, but, uh, you know, we also have a device where if, if somebody's gone, are they really gone is, 
is Carly really gone? Is Killshot really gone? Is Dario really gone? I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that uh, um, we purposely, um, you know, leave open ended. Um, and, and Chris, you're welcome to jump in yeah. here at any time. I, I mean, listen, this is what I'll, this is what I'll say. And <clears throat> and as Eric said, I have no control over a season five or whatever. But what I have thought about, and what DJ and I have thought about, is that you know. And maybe this goes back to Lucha Blog's question: Is this is this a TV show or is this a promotion? To me, it's a TV show because that's that's. I have no control over the big. I wish. Listen, I wish Lucha Underground toured. I wish there were live events everywhere, but there's no control over that. But the television show, and not knowing the future of it, you know, in my mind, four is not a, a wrap up. And, but we've envisioned what five could be and how that could end the series that started in season one. That doesn't mean the series of Lucha Underground has to end, but all the storylines that were set forth in the very beginning could come to a big conclusion. And, and like any TV series, Game of Thrones, Sopranos, anything, you have characters that, like Eric says, sort of play their parts and then... You know, that's like Lucha Underground lives in this weird space between TV show and wrestling promotion. And wrestling promotion, people like their favorites. They don't want their favorites to leave. They want, you know, certain people to get pushes. But then in the television space, like, characters need to have complete arcs. They need to die. They need to ride off into the sunset. So whether that... Yeah, we've had guys that have already played three and four characters. Yeah. Great. Let's go for five. Yeah. All right. I know the call. Phineas Puma. I'm just saying now. I gotta say, though, five is a good number. Not that I want Lucha Underground to end after five, but I I do agree with Roach that five five feels good for wrapping up certain things, and then then you can bring an arrow star to jump through time and reset a bunch of stuff. Or maybe you do it in the middle of season five or something fun like that. And I would would love something, you know, sci-fi like that, especially when you're running out of characters you can't like bring back you know puma or some of these other guys obviously at this point so you know right. doing, doing fun hard reset stuff or just you know having Vinny come back and mow everyone down with an uzi or something would be awesome i, <laughs> I would i would welcome something really crazy yeah. out there like that personally well, i um, think the aztec storylines too offer um some sort of continuity with a lot of personnel changes um yeah. But we didn't really see a lot of Aztec storylines this season, did we? Well, we were running surprisingly short on Aztecs. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully that will that will solve itself going forward. Uh, yeah, I so mean, can I ask a can I ask a question? Sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to ask about your production schedule with like the four or five weeks of shooting, and this might play into that. Um, is that something you want to do further, or you know, next season, or do you think? No, I don't. I, 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 we, we sort of we 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 went as skinny as we can go, and none of us will do that again. Um, you know, I, I I like the forty episode seasons. Um, I think actually the biggest change that we were going to have to just make, and it's just an unfortunate reality of the political situation between U.S. and Mexico, is we just need to leave more. Um, time uh lead-in time you know from when we get the green green light to when we start shooting was always 16 weeks 
Um, and that, that gave us more than enough time to get visas back in 2014. Um, now visas are taking 20 weeks, 22 weeks, sometimes 24 weeks. So, you know, you know, one of the things we have to build in is, is, um, uh, just more lead time to, to get all the legal paperwork done and to do everything properly. But do you think how, um, like if you shoot a couple weekends here and then you shoot another couple weekends a month or two down the road, you're, you have more flexibility with bringing in talent and working around yes. those issues. 100%. Yes. I mean, you know, the last season we had guys pretty much living here and then if you had any kind of medical issues, you know, someone like, like, uh, Dante, you know, it was like, he missed 80% of the season. He was only available to us the last weekend, which was a month after we started. So yeah. you, you get hurt. If anything pops up or any scheduling conflict or whatever, and you miss a weekend, you know, that, that, that's sometimes six or that, that could be two months on television. Well, yeah, that was probably one of the most unfortunate ones. Cause you're looking yeah. at all these guys from Mexico that couldn't come up, you know, and then AR is there ready saying he's ready, but obviously not. And then, you're screwed. I mean, three weeks in a row, I'm sitting there like, oh, what are you going to do, AR? Nothing. I'm, I'm out. You know, yeah. and then finally to get him back the last week was great, but still, uh, that, oh, was, that was it, it sort of killed his momentum. I mean, he was the breakout star in season three. Mm -hmm. and season four was sort of his for the taking, I think. But, That's true. Um, you know, uh, it, it's just, you know, look, hey, these are these are uptown problems. You know, these are these are. Things that you know you 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 want to show where people are anxiously awaiting the next episode and the next storyline or whatever. So, you know, it didn't go the way we wanted it to, but that doesn't mean we, we can't turn it around and and uh, with you know ad adapting to our, our new realities, we 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 should be able to still you know put on a good show. I think. All right, so I got to ask you guys. This is a little bit of the elephant in the room with any Lucha underground conversation these days, whether you guys know it or not, is the swagger effect, as it has been called. Um, and a lot of fans were kind of miffed early on. Like, I think when swagger came in initially, the, the Jake Strong character completely got over. Everyone was kind of liking the direction. You know, the whole temple was chanting and, and behind him. And then he started killing off Luchadors and, and got in this kind of feud with Aerostar and Drago. And I saw some of the, the Latino fans kind of weighing on it then, like, oh, man, really? We're going to do that with Swagger? And then um, I was okay with it, though. I was cool with it. And then you guys had him put down Dante Fox this past couple weeks. And then I kind of started siding with some of the Latino fans on, damn it, why is Jake killing all of our heroes? Well, well again, to me, that 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 is the line between a, a wrestling promotion and a TV show. But even a wrestling promotion, you're telling a story. Uh, you know, the bad guys need to win in order for the good guys to eventually uh, defeat the odds. If he just came in and you know he beat Drago, but then Drago beat him the next week, and then he beat Dante, but then Dante got who cares? Then he's just a guy. He's just a mid-level guy. Like Jake Strong to mean something as a as a powerful heel has to beat guys that people like. I mean, I clearly mean, we're talking he's a little more than a powerful heel. We heard the voice effect thing and like we're we're mm -hmm. clearly going somewhere yes. into back into our Aztec storyline. Yeah, we're, our we're, go we're going somewhere. And by the way, here's the thing. This you know, I think I mean whatever. People can like or not like Jake Strong. Uh, in real life, he's a very nice guy, a pleasure to work with. But, you know, 
Drago and Aerostar. That's that that what that story wasn't just about beating up Drago and Aerostar. Drago and Aerostar Aerostar are are very important characters on the show. And really, that story came down to in season three, uh, Aerostar became a sacrifice became a sacrifice and had his arm broken by Pentagon, which was supposed to be Drago. Drago on his redemption from leaving the snake tribe pays Aerostar back and he takes the leg break from Jake Strong for Aerostar. So people might look at that and like, oh, Jake Strong's just breaking the leg of one of our favorite people, but but that was also servicing Drago and Aerostar's story. Okay, this leads me perfectly into another Lucha Blog question for you guys. Uh-huh. Quote, who came up with the idea to cut the helmet so Drago's ears pop through? <laughs> <laughs> These are the pressing things that Lucha Blog must know. A nice touch, I thought. Yeah. Genius. Well, did Joseph wanted him in the construction outfit, so. That was a great idea. That was yeah. probably, like, one of the best visuals I've ever seen out of Chico. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that was Kelly. Who would have done that, Kelly or Aspie? One of those two. Yeah, yeah, probably Kelly. Who knows? I don't know who did it, but it was genius. Um, yeah. Post uh, Luchabox says posting that bit of uh, footage got him like more retweets and comments than like anything he's posted in ages. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it was huge. I mean, Joseph was all over it too. You could tell the DJ was so proud of that moment, and I mean, we popped so hard to temple when he came out it was, oh, yeah. it was probably the get best gimmick moment uh in lucha underground history i think it, yeah yeah it was hilarious that was, i mean and that whole idea was dj it, it, that was just such sometimes he has just has these bursts of bizarre insanity and that works so well the, law, the lawyers had a good we had a good long fight with the lawyers on that one. Oh, they didn't want the forklift Oh, they wanted a union operator forklift, and the—I mean, it was—it was back and forth. And, yeah, in the script, yeah, in the script, Drago was dry, actually drove it out, but then it became yeah. him leading it. Oh my god! Who let, was, let me, that, was that Sparkles messing with you guys? <clears throat> uh, Team Sparkles, yeah. Team Sparkles, yeah. But, Team Sparkles, you leave but, my guy alone. <laughs> It's, so real quick, can I can I ask you something about Jake Strong? Absolutely, because yeah. I'm I I'm just great. Too. He's That's an awesome, awesome human being. I love him. Yeah, he's yeah. super cool. Well, here's the thing. Oklahoma. I, I will say this about Jake Strong. I you know there with Lucha Underground like this season, as Eric said, got shot so fast. You know, in season one and and other seasons, we got to sort of react to feedback. Where in this you know, everything with Jake Strong was long in the can before anyone at home even saw Jake Strong on TV. Um, but that said, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised, maybe not that people don't like him, but I, I guess I don't quite understand what people's issues are. I mean, other than... Well, I, I think I think he comes with baggage because... Uh, because of his, over, his WWE gimmick, and then he comes in, and then he's paired up, um, you know, just on the surface, beating up small Mexicans. I mean, on I'll, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll call it like I said. I think it's, I think it's bad heat to a certain extent. I think that the connotation that a lot of Latino fans, especially, have towards 
Jake is not the kind mm. of heat that, like, say, Marty the Moth is getting. Like, okay, I think but, the whole thing that Marty the Moth is doing is getting exactly the kind of heat you're looking for. Yeah, but, but, but wait, but, but let, me, let me understand this. This is about, because yeah. I'm not even that familiar with his WWE character, but this right. is about. So, I, yeah, his we the people thing. thing. And so, I think it really is a race thing. I think, I yeah. think he is too white for a lot of the Latino fans. I th- but I think it's I think it's two things. I think it's that baggage, and I think it's the fact that this is a pretty whitewashed lucha season, and it really doesn't mix well. I think that I like the Jake storyline. I especially like the voice and where I think that's going, in, and I think that really pairs them up more with um, like Aerostar and Drago when you bring more of the Aztec and the God stuff, whatever. But um, but but it's just. Um, you know, it's not. Sorry, use I'm your words, Byron. Use your words. Too many words. Too many words. It's I, just. I was gonna say I was one of the people who was quite vocal about hating the Jake Strong thing. It was and you. It was you started it, it all. Yeah. Well, no, no. But the thing is, is my my thing was it was the it was the WWE baggage of his character uh. there, and then I know it's a different realm, but it was just kind of the thing on face value, like Byron said. Well, and this is what I've said the the whole season too is, and I've told a lot of people this, like try to erase whatever was there before and ask yourself if you like this presentation now. And the feedback that I've gotten from it is pretty 50-50. Some of them, a lot of people have said, no, no, I get it. I see where it's going. I love the storyline. I love the character and how it's going. And Jake fits into it perfectly. Um, And then, but then a lot of people, honest to God, or just like, nope, don't like it. It's not working for me. I think it's unfortunate timing to bring yeah. that, to bring him in so heavily featured. I think isolated, I like it. I guess I don't understand what the time, maybe I just don't understand his WWE character well enough. I, I don't understand what, because uh, he's... His character in he WWE would, was literally... He would be president uh, of the United States. Yeah. Like, he came he was, up with this kind of guy in a wheelchair who was really kind of sub, subtextually racist, but not racist. And there was a whole kind of like they were border agents going to like fucking round people. Well, I can say in all sincerity that, uh, you know, at least for me and I, I'm probably DJ too. I don't think we, I mean, his character in Lucha Underground has nothing to do with that. And I wasn't even aware of that. All I knew is that he was a former WWE champion or whatever. And uh, he was a pretty big name. So I, I, you know, again, wrestling promotion versus TV show to me, he's like an actor that's in a TV show and his character on our show has nothing to do with a character he played in WWE. But I mean, it's I guess it's hard because in wrestling the lines blur. They do so much, and that is what mm-hmm. makes it so so darn difficult. Because uh, you know, as a performer, love the guy. I mean, dude, I spent probably an hour and a half or more talking to him at Ultima Lucha Four afterwards, just hanging out with him and Willie Mack of all of all the strange bedfellows that you would get hanging out and having a conversation. And mm-hmm. the dude is Boondabar. He is salt of the earth people. Like. Mm-hmm. Any if anyone out there has an issue with him because of him, they're they're insane, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm happy to see him get a push anywhere, 
And I yeah. think it's just really strange, the reaction. And I've been trying to figure it out, too. Like, Chris, I've had the same questions all season for people that, that have had these issues with Jake. Yeah. And try, I mean, Meatloaf and I have gone back and forth about it several times on this very show mm-hmm. and just trying to figure I, I out what it is. Wrong chant thing. It's the slapping of the ch- That's the one thing that's carried over. No, I it's like the, that. It's different. The, it's different. I, I know, but that's, I like, that's I where do, I think... I do, I do, I do think, though... I remember... I saw the earlier tapings when he debuted and I thought it was awesome. And to see such a big, powerful athlete be presented as you present him on your show, I thought immediately like this is the best presentation of this person in a wrestling ring. Um, So, I mean, I do think that as an isolated character an isolated sword and isolated show, I think it's, I I still think it's really good. Um, But yeah, there's, you know, well, look, the, the real question will be, um, we've still got uh, Ultima Lucha Quattro. We, yeah. We've only gotten halfway through it. Next week, we're going um, to get to the nitty gritty of it. I'm sure you guys have some vignettes planned, some stuff that, that even us gentlemen who were there have no idea what to expect. I mean, I wasn't expecting the AR Fox ending this week or the, the Carmen Perez disappearing into the ether thing from this past week. I mean, these are the things that, that none of us fans know, even if we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, very curious, and this is where I think you guys have done above and beyond your jobs. I'm very curious to see what you're going to do with Jake Strong. Like, of all the characters going into the second half of Ultimate Quattro, that one now, after we hear the voice thing and seeing him get the gift of the god, yeah. even though they should have gotten it, um, you know, <laughs> I mean still made me go, damn, okay, I really want to know what happens now. And I was there, and I still don't know the yeah. complete story. I really want to see what happens. But I get but that point, right? You can always count on a good season-ending closing montage. Yeah, are you, gonna, count on that. Are you guys going to be in it? Huh. <laughs> I, I don't make an appearance this year. Yeah, I think this is our best one. It's my favorite one. It's pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, Chris is right. It's legit. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I was just going to say, you know, um, like Dante Fox, we love that guy. And I, I view this season as sort of, you know, like the Empire Strikes Back. I'm not saying everything ends bad, but I'm just saying. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, I just mean that. <laughs> That's not a placeholder movie. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying the bad guy, like Dante Fox is the guy who, and I'm not, this is not saying like, what the ending is, but that's the guy, like you want the good guys to win at the very end, you know? And I, and I think, you know, Jake strong, when, if Dante beats him or whoever beats him, it's going to feel big and important. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what else I'm looking forward to? Um, the contender finale next Friday night at the forum. <laughs> that that for sure. Do, Byron, are you monitoring the chat? Has anybody asked for those uh, ticks yet? Uh, Brandon. Uh, Brandon Mars keeps asking, but we're going to keep ignoring him. No, okay. we'll give him tickets. Brandon, All right. he just can't sit next to me, but he can. Uh, Paul, okay. Paul, Paul, so Paulie Cross um, says that he did the. Oh, my cat keeps. I'm podcasting. Leave me alone, my cat. Um, uh, Paul Cross says he was right, doing the chest, doing like the a chest bumps every single time. Uh, he also says Sparkles was awesome. Um, Sparkles is no longer employed at MGM. No, Sparkles is at oh. 
ABC Disney or someplace now, right? No, she's at Disney Disney because she works in the building across from me. Oh, oh no. Does she still wear her swag? Uh, I haven't seen it. I've, I've, I haven't seen her on the lot yet, so we'll see. <laughs> I get Someone... Sparkles so much shit that I have to be friends with Sparkles now. I mean, I really, really gave her a lot. Of... I mean, I got the whole yeah. temple chanting Sparkles at her. We go. Yeah. We've gone through a lot of production attorneys on our show. Yeah, yeah. and there's more to be gone through, my friend. Yeah. They, that, they don't have the easiest. It, it's the that's the one position that has had more turnover than any other position on the show. It's thankless. Who would want to try to keep you and Joseph and Roach in line legally? Come on. That is <laughs> they, the should put, they should put them in used coffins when they ship them out of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Have Phoenix put them in a box and take them out to, to lawyer hell. I love Phoenix so much, by the way. Okay, yeah, that is definitely on my agenda to talk about. I got to talk about Phoenix Dark. I absolutely think that this presentation of Phoenix is the hands-down best version of him and his character anywhere. Since he has made the turn to the dark side, absolutely. His wrestling, the storyline, mm -hmm. th just the whole thing. Is did you guys tell him to kick people no. in the face for real? <laughs> or did he do just, that on his own? Just, just Haberman. That's the only one we asked him to <laughs> Oh man, did you guys we had Brandon on the show? Yeah. Whose name is now officially Brandon Bumpcam. He, <laughs> he got a name. Um that was amazing. I can't believe that kid got up. Like I was trying to wave to Eric, like Eric, I don't I think he's dead. <laughs> and he just he's popped such a mark. He, it was a highlight of his career. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. I mean, he had a whole episode of this show dedicated to that. <laughs> yeah. Brandon's the best. He does everything. <laughs> Phenomenal. Put him next to any, a ring, a cage, whatever. He's he's the guy. So is this uh, is is this portrayal from Phoenix what you guys were hoping for, or is this something that got better, better after it started going better, better? And he's I think so we, good. The guy's yeah. just so good. He, you can give him anything, and he'd make it work. I mean, he completely elevated it, took it to the next level. That guy's amazing. That guy's a superstar. Yeah. And I, and by the way, it's Dark Phoenix, not Dark Phoenix. Dark. Dark, <laughs> Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Legal reason. <laughs> this, is the, this is the Dark Phoenix saga. There it is. <laughs> makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk Ultima Lucha Quattro Part D. Okay. Um, mm. what, what can we look forward to that you guys can say? I mean, I already uh, spilled my guts or whatnot mm -hmm. about the amount of violence that happens in the Sierra Miedo match uh, next week. Yeah, because that was crazy. That, that was, and I was trying to explain to people, maybe you guys can do a better job of it. I don't know. Like people were asking me compared to, I think it was me actually asking me compared to the, the Dante Fox uh, kill shot match, like kind of where it was. And I was like, it's really kind of on a parallel of sickness, but for completely different reasons. I don't know how do how do you describe it without uh, without spoiling it? That match is insane. Well, first of all, we're not Jeff Cobb, so we're not going to say too much. <laughs> <laughs> Zing, we've uh, been hanging out with Zing. Uh, 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 um, it's crazy. Marty's nuts. Marty's <laughs> yeah, Marty. Nuts. It's, 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 Mar Marty continually feels the need to one up himself, and this is along those lines. 
of progression. Yeah. It just like at some point he's going to have to put the brakes on, on, on his weirdness. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully for his own good. Does You're still trying to get him to be a magician, aren't you? <laughs> he just embraced Martin the Magnificent. Yeah, that, we that's, be the, that, that's the big season five reboot Eric was uh, teasing. <laughs> he his head and becomes a magician. Yeah, this was all a magic trick. No, he was going to be the elder, remember? I wanted him to be a Mormon missionary. That yes, was I love that one too. Uh, we had the bikes and everything. We, yeah. we, we were ready to go with that one. Maybe we can bring Jake Strong as a Mormon on season five. <laughs> it would be like uh, Orgasmo. Yeah. Maybe Marty that... could have pulled it off. Yeah. Marty, no, like, I, I literally, we, I sent him, because he lives in Utah, I sent him to the Mormon missionary store to buy all the clothes. That would have been <laughs> epic. Are you guys happy with him uh, as, as champ? I mean, he's my champ, so I'm happy yes. with him. I mean, that came out, uh, I, I, of things that were in the making that were a long time coming, I feel like you couldn't have asked for anything better than the Dragon Azteca storyline. Um, oh, yeah. oh, getting pulled out from underneath people's feet. I loved that. That was incredible to me. And then having the big switch out of nowhere and, and putting the belt on Marty, I thought, to me, storyline-wise, is probably one of the, the big high points of the entire season. I, w- I will say one of, th- one of the things early on DJ and I want we talked about doing is like, we got to make Marty champ in season four. That guy is amazing. Yeah. I mean, and the heat was exquisite. I mean, it was the exact right reaction heel wise to me. That's what you want. Like the whole crowd to just vocally turn like that. Yeah. I will say, I love that we never did another Sierra Miedo match until now. Like it, it makes it feel bigger you know that it's only the second one ever and marty's the perfect opponent i think he is i mean do you guys have enough insurance for this match Can that's you what air it? that's that's why the yeah. lawyer's not there this is anymore. why sparkles got yeah. fired <laughs> <laughs> you let, what I moved on to Green Pastures. Disney. Who wouldn't want to go to work with Disney after working on Lucha Underground for a year? That is, I mean, there could be nothing. He's talking about throwing you a life vest. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like after the reactions that people may have seen from us uh, on Ultima Lucha Quattro's season or episode one, our reaction for episode two of Ultima Lucha's, our reaction is probably ridiculous. Because you guys are a reaction gif now. That's your. Uh, that's your <laughs> I mean, there's quite a bit of us now. I think, and there were a lot of there were a lot of uh, shots of us on this last episode. So. There's not a lot of me because I sat down when that mark kept jumping in front of everybody. But that's a whole different. No, story. that was two weeks ago. Uh, that's a whole controversy that's a whole... around that guy. Oh man, he was yeah. worth. He, he was just needs like him banned from the temple. I really, really want him to come back now because I want to see the entire crowd just turn on him in disdain. Please he needs a fence. fence. I'm not he needs a fence in front of him. I mean, you I feel like I mean? he get. I feel like he get sexy star heat. I mean, that's what it would be like. Nobody would mess with him. Nobody would physically harm him, or probably even say anything to him. He would just get the worst X Pac heat of all time. Like he would just get no sold so bad. It would be amazing. Who? Who has more heat, Sexy Star or Jake Strong? Ooh. Honestly, I'm going to say right Ooh. now Jake Strong, Ooh. only because any heat that Sexy Star could have gotten, we don't know about yet. Yeah. 
I think sexy people sexy still care back. about her. I think you could easily bring her back and and maybe not put her in the big baby face role, but I don't think that people would be angry if she all of a sudden came back. Uh, well, give we want to we want to bring her back this season. Give her a new mask and give her a boxing gimmick. She's undefeated. Oh, stop it! <laughs> what? <laughs> you know how things are down in Mexico and boxing. Oh, there's a man on this dais that actually works at a real boxing show. Stop it! Uh, hey, I'm hey, a licensed hey, fight hey. promoter in the state of California. That go that she boxed. and Nevada and Nevada. Is what love? I said that goat that she boxed down in Mexico is a five-year veteran of boxing. All right. We're going to bring her in as Jane Strong. That's X-Pac heat. That would be amazing. I, I love it. Um, what was I going to – I was going to ask you guys something. Oh, okay, so this has already happened. So we can talk about this. The, uh, the Reptile Tribe are Trios champions. Yes. Wow. You left the belt on them. Yes, I'm sir. Not expecting that. I'll be honest. I like the finish. I like where the whole thing went. I am a huge fan of Daga, Cobra Moon, and uh, Jeremiah Snake. Snake. <laughs> um, There's a lot of phlegmy characters on the show, by the way. <laughs> I think that both Phoenix and Jeremiah have used their slightly zombified personas just for the sake of spitting on me more. Uh, What's that? I think they like to, to salivate on people. And that's the, you know what? That's the thing. That is the thing that kind of grosses me out. All that spitting. Like I can take the blood. I can take, the, but the spitting. Oh God, it's so gross. <laughs> I'm with you, dude. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> so new new reptile tribe. Was there a reason why why they stood out as as being the the ones to carry the torch into the next season? Because uh, I'm going to assume there is a next season, even though Eric doesn't want to say it yet. I'm going to say that there's going to be one, damn it. I'm um, not saying there is. Not saying there isn't. Go ahead, Chris. I mean, yeah, I'll say um, I'll say that, uh, A, the trio's titles always change hands at Ultima Lucha, so we want to do something different. Um, B, I think those three performers are great and have a lot to give, and with a short season, they – didn't have much time to really do much as champs, so why why take that away from them so quickly? True. Yeah, I love it. And they had to give up half of their tribe to get there too. So yeah, I, mm -hmm. I also think like when when looking at kind of like what I said about Aerostar and Drago with Jake Strong earlier, I think you got to look. So we try to look at like how everyone can be serviced, and so in that match, the 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 rabbits got over because they got to take you know the white rabbit got to take out Sammy and look powerful and evil then Evilise and exolicious are in a two-on-three situation so they're protected and even though they lost they still you know were fighting baby faces um and then the reptiles got to keep their titles so i think i feel like it was a win for all the teams it was and i i truly loved it it felt like good kind of old school wrestling booking and somehow as obvious as you just made it sound i didn't see it coming at all the whole the whole match felt fresh to me. It felt good, and I mm -hmm. like the fact that these these teams are like established teams now, but mm -hmm. they're also all new. Like all yeah. of them have newer members yeah. in them have been switched up. Yeah, well, maybe you didn't see it coming because we decided on that finish that morning, so wow. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't see it coming either. So you guys booked the match, and, and so what? What were some of the other options? How could you have gone a different way? Um. 
well, uh, I think our original idea was that the Rabbit Tribe were going to be new trios champs. But then we thought about everything and how to service everybody and what made sense and changed our minds. Yeah, as much as I love all of those guys, and they're good friends of the show, um, mm-hmm. I don't think they needed the belts. I really right. don't. Exactly. I mean, they have all the heat in the world, and they're really getting a great reaction, and I think crossing that gimmick you know, can sell itself. Plus, he's got otherworldly powers, so he doesn't necessarily need a belt. That's kind of, you know, what the White Rabbit, it's kind of like how, like, when Undertaker first came to WWF, like, he didn't need the title. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think they gave it to him briefly, but it's like the Undertaker doesn't need the title, and not saying that the White Rabbit isn't going to hold a title, but he also doesn't need one. Like, he's such a presence that, you know, he's going to be well, over no matter what. I, I like I love that. I mean, I think that, you know, Lucha Underground has had its fair share of monsters and there's different ways to protect them and keep them strong in the storylines without putting them in the, the top program and still have them, you know, leading other parts of the program. Because I think, yeah. you know, especially with with where everyone else has gone, like, dear Lord, I have no clue what you guys do with Pentagon for another season. I can't wait to see you guys have to write another season of it. But I mean, Pentagon has done everything at this point. He's going to be feuding with a Mormon and then a, magi- a magician. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do, how do you guys feel about that? We, yeah. we were talking, um, you know, when we wanted him to beat Matanza the first time, he talked about how if he wins, he has to steamroll everyone and get a good run. And he wanted to tell more of a story before he got there. And this is where this is where he had the big Pentagon super run. And how do, yep. you, how do you feel about it now that we went through it? Uh, I mean, I feel good about it. I feel good about the way it ended. I feel, you know, it's so funny. It's like, I heard criticism about Pentagon suddenly being overprotected and about him, you know, being too strong. And so it's, it's kind of hard. I mean, but the season before he was losing too much and everybody was pissed off about that. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to please everybody, but I, you know, if, Again, like if we had 40 episodes, I think we would have kept the title on him even longer. But, you know, we had to had to tell the story in the time given to us. I have a follow up Pentagon question. Uh, we were arguing about this earlier. What Aztec tribe is he a part of? That has yet to be revealed. Oh. What I do you think? Yeah, Meatloaf that, has a right. theory. What, what was yours? I've gone for Death Tribe. The Owl Tribe. Purely based on the based Owl on Tribe. Yeah, that's good. Based, well, at the end of season three, a certain person was stood with Vampira. That's all I'm going to say. Who I believe, in my personal opinion, to be one of the Aztec gods, who I won't bastardize the name of in live television because I can't pronounce it, who is the god of death. Interesting. And he was hanging out with Vampiro, and they were they, and in the vignette they were talking about you know getting Pentagon, but they could be actually against him, I suppose. But you know, that uh, was my theory, my yes, because of being a ninja skeleton. Uh, that's not a bad theory. I would say that uh, we'd like to reveal that if there's a uh, season five, we'll see. Damn it, now we have to have a season five. Do I have to finance? Can we start a GoFundMe for this thing? Will that <laughs> Send it you just to the MMM show Venmo account. Eric, <laughs> there's not a show. GoFundMe for season five. Yeah. You can do the budget you want. Is that a thing? Can we do that? Yeah. Well, with the lottery. Yeah. 
You don't, you don't want, really want to know what it costs. If there's no TV yeah, show, can you just do like a group text like every week? Like, hey, this stuff might happen. Can I? That, that's how half the good Lucha Underground matches happened. Friggin' Roach and DJ texting each other while they were uh, bored <laughs> at other jobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. Other employers. Yeah. So we get the best stuff. I'm gonna. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna funnel money from some of my terrible shows that get these great budgets. Just funnel mm. it to you guys somehow. We'll just put it in the craft services line or something and <laughs> get it over to you guys to make some <laughs> Lucha Underground. The like um, the food at their place. So you know bagel bites and beer. Absolutely, I'm gonna go do an episode of Food Paradise on bagel bites. <laughs> Can you get sponsored by Butterfingers and give those out in a crowd? They're the best candy. You fat fuck. I'm an old enjoy guy. Stop it, Byron. <laughs> um, hey, hey, sorry to interrupt. I, I have to get off soon. Are there a couple more questions I could answer before I jump? have to jump off? Let me just see if there's any more pressing Lucha Blog questions. Yeah, I love Lucha Blog. Yeah, man, he's the one who gets it. He knows what's up. He does. Oh, you see, you're gonna hate these though. What happened Go. to Judgment X? Uh, he basically wants to know, like, it, basically, basically, he's asking what happened to Desmond X, and he's also saying, like, if you guys knew now what you didn't know then of having a more regulated, you know, roster, yeah. uh, you know, how fluid, how 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 much would was what played into this season because of this fluid roster that you guys were dealing with? I mean. I, here, here's the thing I'll say. Desmond X, first to answer that, uh, he, we needed somebody because I, you know, I can't exactly remember, but I, I, my guess is originally I think the plan was, you know, uh, you know, the original plan was Dante Fox was going to be there as part of the trios champs, um, and there was going to be tension with. We were still the son of Havoc versus Killshot was was always the plan. But what was going to happen is uh, there was going to be tension with the team and everything. But, but long story short, I think Dante Fox was going to be in that Gift of the Gods stuff that Desmond X was. And then he wasn't available and Desmond X was. And, and we wanted him back. We wanted him in, the, in other things, but he was only available the first weekend. I know. Didn't Rich Swan show up a couple times too just to hang? Or was there ever any consideration of using him? Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, um, he did. He was backstage one weekend. Almost had him. Yeah, almost, almost. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the I guess the, you know uh, a little Lucha Underground ter- trivia. Um, way back when, um, when we were doing season one, uh, and uh, uh, Ricochet was in town, I guess for. Um, uh, he was staying down at the. He was staying down at a, a hotel by the down by the airport, um, and uh, we were trying to sign him to Lucha Underground. And so uh, I went and picked him up at his hotel at his crappy motel down by LAX, and we drove to um, Boyle Heights and showed him the set. And that was kind of what ended up getting him to sign the deal. Um, and Rich Swan, he said, "You mind if my buddy Rich comes along?" And and Rich Rich and uh, Trevor and I both kind of went into Puma and I. I don't want to use his shoot name. Oh, uh, uh, we all know he's trying to get mad at that when I do that. Uh, 
we we came up to Boyle Heights and looked at the set and 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 I and Rich was like, man, I want to I want to work here. I want to work here. I want to work here. But he had a he had another deal with somebody else and he couldn't do it. But those were the two guys that saw the set together. And uh, so I always wanted Rich to work for us. It just didn't it just didn't work out. I mean, luckily for us, it worked out with Puma, but uh, a ricochet. Um, but I've always liked Rich and I wish that he would have worked on the underground as well. Hey, you never know. There's always time. It's a weird world out there. He's sure. actually like he's partially. Uh, he's like I think he's. Ha I think his mom is uh, from South America somewhere. I think actually. So I think he speaks Spanish. I want to say he, that would be great if he showed up and only spoke Spanish. That would blow my. He's working with. He's working with Mac and Impact right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what? I want to point this out to you guys. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, and maybe it's a, a snafu in the post-production, but some of Pentagon's translations don't seem like they're entirely uh, accurate. You guys might want to have a look yeah. at some of those. <laughs> uh, translator was in the budget cuts. <laughs> it's, it's another we blame sparkles for that too <laughs> I, i'll tell you what though i have noticed that definitely a lot more uh, is sliding through or or getting on air i mean there was definitely there was a few f-bombs last night um not that they were like mike but no in english in english yeah on that team he never swears she never gets upset she never cusses <laughs> Exo <laughs> swore. Byron's girlfriend. Who? Evilise. Hey, easy. He's feisty. Confirmed by Vanilla Ice. Yeah, that was that was probably the most epic thing that ever happened in the locker room. There. I, I don't um, remember what happened. All right, Meatloaf, Jim, Byron, you guys, you storyline follower guys, you got any questions for, for for Roach before we let him get out of here? And then I got one for EB Dub after Mr. Roach takes off. I got one. What's up with the TikTok before the TikTok guy showed up? Was that intentional? It was always or Are you talking about the rabbit? Rabbit tribe using TikTok uh, a whole season before, oh, before Cross came in. Yeah. Um, well, I think the TikTok originally is sort of a homage to Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. um, and then it just uh, worked well for the white rabbit character. There you cool. go. <laughs> okay. So was it a happy coincidence then that it was Cross that ended up coming into that role? Um, I guess so. As far as TikTok, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, because he, he was using it too. As his Herald of Doomsday gimmick for a while. Oh, yeah. He'd been yeah, doing that for two or three years, I think, actually. Yeah, I like it was, yeah. yeah, I guess so. That, that was a happy accident. Cool. See, you should have just been like, no, no, we planned it. We're clairvoyant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything's on purpose. Me, if you got, did you have anything? I know you guys I'll talked to Jim, questions earlier. Jim. What? <sighs> I, was, I was letting Jim go. I was letting Jim go first. Oh, well, I got one. Um, if, you know, uh, timing and everything permitting, uh, could you at least give us a hint of what could have been with Katrina and Captain Vasquez? Um, if they both, if they both had stayed, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I don't know firmly 
uh, what would have happened. I will, I will say like we always envisioned uh, a big fight backstage fight with Katrina. Um, so I go, I'm glad we got that as far as Vasquez. I mean, I, I imagine one thing I wanted to do um, that, that money wise probably would have been way too hard um, is I wanted to have a scene in the old West uh, where, and it's the scene where something happens between them and, and Katrina gets stabbed or something. She's dying and Vasquez gives her the half of the amulet. Um, I always, I always, I was like, we got to do some scene in the past where you see, you see the relationship and you see how, you know, Katrina got her half of the amulet, but uh, that's probably not happening now. I mean, Skip could have probably like jumped over to the the back section of the LA Gun Club a couple of blocks away and shot that. He yeah, could have made that happened. Are yeah. you gonna go? You should go back to the future three for season five. <laughs> hey, arrow starts going around. If Carmen moves back to the states, maybe it could still happen. Oh, by the way, it's funny you say that. Uh, when DJ and I were talking about this old West scene, we said we wanted a shot of a bunch of like cowboys sitting in a corner and having Arrow start there. With the <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Aerostar is the one guy who none of us ever get tired of. No, he's amazing. <laughs> we have so many Aerostar ideas today. Well, he is the linchpin, man. He is the he is the he is. Solution, and he's the sweetest guy too. He's the, right, the guy the that never gets to any problems. All never. right, Leaf this is your big chance to ask the lucha bosses the question that you've always been wanting to ask. The pressing thing that you just need to know from the lucha bosses. Oh, well, the thing is, I don't really have a question. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. The only thing I could, hold on, hold thing on, I hold on, guys. Say is, Me. I want more Cuerno. More Cuerno. That's yeah. all I ever want. Do you, more he's amazing. I want him to kill people. I want him to you kill guys... people and take their masks as things and put them on his wall. Yeah, we, we talked room. about this. If he was like yeah. a Predator style character where he was really collecting heads, that would be kind of awesome. I have I have two things. Can I take Meef's turn, but twice? Oh my God! Yes, but Great. real quick, does Meef oh, want to yeah. yell at us about Jake Strong? <laughs> uh, I'm not Casey. Or Big Bad Steve, or who else are you going to yell about? And not enough Querno. I think we got so, your agenda down. I'm sorry about Jake Strong. <laughs> don't apologize. No, it's cool. I don't okay. mind. Um, He's our two- Casey. Yeah. <laughs> so one, do you guys have any questions for Meef about that thing over his shoulder in the back? And two, um, did, did you? <laughs> All right, go ahead and ask I, him. I must have it today for you. What is that? Is that a naked Prince Puma doll? <laughs> it's oh. a naked Cuerno doll. <laughs> oh, it is. It's chocolate. It's, 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 There's no pants. Is that Cuerno's mask? on this time. I don't know what's happening here. I regret oh, everything. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Is that what the, that was in the background? God, that was hard to yeah. tell. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I own. I own this mask was we used this season, and I own the actual ring gear he wore this season. Oh, that's amazing! You know what you got to get though—the deer head. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, that's what I have to ask. I have to ask one question for <laughs> Randy. Coming on that. Nightclaw's mask. If Nightclaw is never coming back, <laughs> I need to cure that mask for a certain friend of mine. Okay. I still want to bring Nightclaw back, chance- but. Well, you heard it here. That's breaking news, everybody. Chris Roach just said he wants to bring Nightclaw back. That is magical news to everyone's ears. 
Bring him back. Eric, nice. make it happen. Get his visa. Let's do it. I'm in. Let's get him. <laughs> when I saw how much. 22 to 26 weeks from now, we'll have him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there were, uh, in number two, um, did you ever think about doing a mask versus Afro match? Oh, that is the best. We figured this one out a couple weeks ago that it shouldn't have been an Apuestas match between Son of Havoc and Killshot. It should have been Afro versus Mask with Killshot and the Mac. Uh, well, you know what? That When Aerostar resets the timeline, uh, we'll do it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, real quick, uh, I feel like I didn't totally answer Lucha Blog's second part of the question about like, like it being fluid or what we had to change or something. What was that about the whole season? Yeah. Like if, you know, knowing what you guys know now, it was the fluidity of the cast, something that you would have liked to been more prepared for and, and been able to work with differently. Uh, yes. Uh, the yes, but that said our big ideas, I don't think we're affected. Our big Marty, Marty plan, uh, you know, Marty and Pentagon plan are big. Uh, I mean, you'll see the big stuff at the end of the season uh, next week. But also, you know, we wanted Killshot versus Son of Havoc, Mass versus Mass. Uh, mm -hmm. We we wanted to have a wedding with, with Johnny and Taya. We wanted to do Johnny Matanza. So even though we had to improvise a lot um, on a lot of things, uh, a lot of our big things went off the way we had envisioned. Our Did you know Johnny was going to do a Macho Man proposal? Yes. Okay. We, encur we encourage that. Wedding. <laughs> um, the chat room wants you guys to bring in Chris Wolf for next season, and I'm sure Meatloaf would. I like oh, Chris Wolf. I am all for that as well. Yes. I like yes. her. I'm a fan. Thumbs up, Jim. See, the important guy's a fan. Evie Dunn, he's a fan. <laughs> no, I've always I saw I saw her wrestle the same time we saw Thunder Rosa and uh, the the Stardom Stardom. Performers, I like I mean, Chris Wolf. I, pr I propose yeah, this: you bring her in, you have her wrestle Pentagon, maybe the second or third taping, and then just watch her go off to WWE. Be perfect. Yeah, exactly. I like her. And the, the other one I liked from that show was and she is, is uh, Mia, uh, Mia Yim. I really liked her a lot too. But yeah, already signed. I'm a big fan of Shotzi too. You yeah, to Shotzi. She. I don't know where she's headed though. She could be. Headed anywhere these days. All right, Roach, get out of here, man. I know you've you got important stuff to do. Go right past the island, man. Put, put all your good ideas in there in case it's already five. It's already written. Are you done with that thing already? What? Well, close, pretty much. Holy oh. crap. Have they started casting for you yet? Yeah, Michael Payne is playing Mr. Rourke. Oh, yeah, I did hear that announcement, which is yeah. so awesome. Uh, for you guys who don't know, Chris and, and Jillian and the who's what's the director's name? Jeff. Jeff. From um, Truth or Dare fame, you guys had a, a thing at Universal Horror Nights too. Yeah, how'd yeah, that was go? Was that awesome? Amazing. It was pretty cool. It's kind of weird. We're all just holding on to Roach as long as we can keep him. <laughs> <laughs> I will be Liam Neeson movie away from you never seeing him again, Eric. He's the fat girl that just lost all the weight. About, <laughs> about to break up with us. Yeah. I, 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 if you don't give me that old West set for uh, Aerostar and Katrina, I'm leaving. It's like Freddie Prince in a bad '90s movie. Yeah, <laughs> the green light needs to come very quickly for season five, so Roach can write it before Fantasy Island comes out. Because when that comes out, I think that's probably going to be it. We're never going to see him again. He's he's going to own an island. No, no, Lucha Underground is my heart. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna And you got no, Celebrity Big Brother coming up again? Are they doing that one again on you? They are doing it again, yep. Have you already started working on that? Yep, a little bit. Oh my gosh. They're yeah. just gonna keep cranking them out. Well I liked I like celebrity a little bit better than over the top, I think, but I liked the game plan over the top. So Yeah. Uh hopefully it'll be good. But thank you so much for having me on. Thank you all of you guys for uh for being for watching the show, for watching the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for putting up with all of our shit. Even you know, no, I love it. Letting us, letting us do some real talk on what people are thinking and feeling about some of this season and whatnot. I think it's yeah, hard all of us. It's hey, it's good to get feedback. I wish we, I wish we could get it while we were while we we're filming. Other than the the audience there, but well, that's why we need Casey to show up because he'll give it to you the day of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it takes uh, me a while to think about it. So yeah. All right, good to see you guys. Good to see you, Eric. See you, Chris. Talk to you soon. All right, talk to you guys. Bye. All right, Eric. So here's here's the the final uh, Lucha Blog question for you. Oh boy, find it here. Um, okay, he wants to know about how the Amazon, iTunes, Netflix, digital stuff's going. Um, was there, there was a snafu this week with iTunes? <laughs> Eric's just like, oh, I hate you guys. Oh, I got the season pass on iTunes, and I had to wait almost a week to watch it. Really? Recently. I think they yeah. got it fixed, though, right? They yeah. fixed it. I, they did I still eventually. find it funny. How I you find it funny. No, no, no. I, I find it funny that you're suffering, but um, and I, I watch it illegally. Um, What's it on your face? On a Thursday morning? At least you um, watch but basically, it's on Amazon and iTunes, but it's not on the UK versions. Still, Those things are all divvied up by territories, oh, yeah. and yeah. every owner gets a different piece of it, and I, that's way beyond yeah. Uh, yeah. any control that I have any say in. You know, I, just, I, I would give it if it were me. I would just give it away for free. I'd put it on YouTube. And, well, are they well, doing better? Are they doing better or worse this year on those platforms? Do you know? I, honestly, you I don't know. I, I don't know. I know that it did. the first few seasons did really well. <coughs> it was like, you know, it was always like they were very happy with it, first few seasons. I honestly don't know what's happened since season three. Those are details that I just am not privy to anymore, partly because, you know, I, I haven't – like the production window on this was so short, and it was, you know, eight months ago. Nine yeah, months ago. Bang it out and then get your off. You know, I've, I've squeezed in another show afterwards. So so I haven't seen any of uh, – I, I brought in, you know, Skip to do some stuff for me on Contender. And, and uh, you know, I haven't seen Dorian in months. I haven't seen John Fogelman in months. I haven't seen any of the guys that uh, – Daniel Tibbetts I haven't seen in months. We haven't – we didn't do the um, Comic-Con tours this fall. Uh, so, so it's like, that's usually where I get my information and I just, I've just, unfortunately, because of what, you know, my obligations to the show, I just haven't been in the loop. Yeah. You guys should have done a big finale thing this year again. Then you guys could all hung out. <laughs> right. I know, but I'm, I wouldn't have made it. I'm, I've got my other finale Friday night. So yeah, it's going to be a big deal. Wednesday contender on Friday. And that's a big live boxing event and you're all invited. I'm definitely going to be there. Um, so Netflix, we've heard that it's going away from Netflix. Is that the truth that seasons one and two have lapsed at Netflix? You probably don't. I, I saw the same article. <laughs> I, I learned <laughs> it when you did. So, yeah. so you know, I, that that I, I would assume is true, but but 
Uh, you know, to be honest, I don't know. I may have even more insight than you on that one. You I'm probably sure. do. I, I've, it's embarrassing. I, like, I've been, you know how you just like become all entrenched and encompassed in one thing, and like Lucha, like shooting that season seemed so long ago. Uh, even though it was only you know eight nine months ago, it well, just Net like Netflix is like the dark arts too over there. Though I mean, their numbers yeah. are really close to the vest. They have code words that they use in emails to describe number levels. I mean, they're 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 living in a different world than the rest of us TV people. They, they do don't, yeah, they don't way. they don't want you to know how you're doing so that you don't ask for more money if you're doing really well. Well, even internally, they don't really share that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like guys in certain departments don't even have a clue. It's just like yes, it did middling to good. Like you know, and you know, we have somebody on our staff that has a significant other that that works at Netflix, and so we would get some trickles of information, but I, I, you never know what to trust and how much of it's accurate. Well, I mean, I would love to see you know something happen with seasons three and four now that you guys have a package bundle there, but I also don't know how L, how El Ray gets to keep the the internal you know syndication for that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know. The the one good thing about it is is we've got a we've got a library of a hundred and you know almost one hundred and thirty hours of, of television that's valuable you know wh no matter what wh what happens beyond that you know that that has value and it has value in a lot of places in the world and so you know MGM looking at it as a business you know entity and it, it's like okay they're happy because you know that that is something that they can constantly go out and sell it at uh, MIP and all these other, you know, TV conventions. And there's always just something, uh, you know, there's value in television that 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 has got that many hours built up. You know, hey, I've even got Epics now. So even if the library ended up on Epics, I, that would work for me. I, I We should do it at Epics. I think we could get actually subscribers to Epics if we had Luke on it, I think. But, you know, what do I know? I I'm, think a few, a few shows like that, I mean – I almost wish, especially with what's going on at HBO, that that Epics would pick up some more real boxing and and kind of become another destination for boxing would be great. Trust me, trust me, that argument is being made. <laughs> Eric's like, yes, I wanted, I need my promoter's license. That was a fortuitous uh, announcement from HBO. So you know, I, I would hope that they would see the value in it because you know, there's some old farts like you and me who enjoy a good boxing match on a good on live television, um, enjoy a good boxing card, and you know followed the sport and would subscribe to a, a network that had, you know, good live boxing. So I think there's room in the space now too. I mean, look, MMA, MMA is, is oversaturating itself intentionally right now, which is fine to a certain extent, but I feel like with where boxing has been the last five to 10 years that there is this movement to go back to kind of a purity of the sport. And it needs a little bit of, reformation and a little new recreation to it and i think mma is helping boxing find its way right now and i think there's going to be opportunities and platforms but somebody's got to make stars i mean the contender yes. is only one part of that you we you need people talking about it on the sports shows and and more than what espn and some of these other guys are doing it feels it feels not inside enough. It feels too pedestrian and, and feels like just something you walk past when mm. it gets covered on some of these other networks right now. Mm. And what I think the boxing audience is, is missing, especially some of the older people in the business, is that it's got to get on to the internet. It's got to get to Twitter. And it doesn't have to be beefs. It doesn't have to be fights. It has to be cool. And, yeah. and somebody needs to make boxing cool again. And I think uh, a platform like Epics could do it.
and you player. see MMA pull it off really well. I mean, you know, you 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 see um, some of the funniest content is driven, you know, totally on the internet. You know, from and podcasts and things from Hawani to even guys like um, uh, you know Adam Hunter and his videos. I mean, he his video with Dan Cormier has made a main event. You know, amazing. And, and it's goofy and it's funny, but but uh, like you you see a star like. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, you know, my balls is hot. <laughs> Black Beast, Derek. Yeah, and it's like, man, that's straight out of wrestling. Like, like that's wrestling one on one. And 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 that guy went from you know being a goofball in there. I mean, first off, that was an incredibly exciting fight when he knocked the guy out with fifty. Right. I mean, he was losing up until the last. He was losing. He seconds. lost every round up to that point, and then they, you know, and they just played it perfectly. And then, it, but it wasn't the fight that got him all the attention. It was the the three minutes after the fight that. Right. that and then, within twenty four hours, he gains a million uh, Twitter followers, and he has a title shot announced the following Monday. So it's like exactly, and 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 an uncontentious one too. I mean, their whole beef is you know, uh, Popeye's we'll new chicken or Popeye's chicken. Yeah, I mean, like, can you have any more fun with it than that? And and people are buzzing about it on the internet not because. It's some epic fight that anybody's expecting some grand no. outcome. It's simply because we probably just stay away from him and, and make it a you know a safe fight for three rounds. But I can't wait to see the you know what they're saying afterwards. Absolutely, and I, and I, I kind of want to watch it too because there's always a chance. Yes, there's always a chance. chance. That the You're right. Might just put some leather on. I mean, it just happened in this last fight. Yep. And he's banged yeah. up, and there's he should absolutely not be fighting right now, especially someone at the level of Daniel Cormier. But then you watch him face off, and the Black Beast is like two feet taller than Cormier. Yeah, like, oh, I mean, there's yeah. so many good, it, there's so many rootable angles in this thing. It's 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 fun to, uh, uh, yeah. I'm I'm and, and hopefully for him, he's getting a huge payday. You know, I don't know what I don't know what his purse is for this, but hopefully it's in the high six figures. Right. You know, uh, he deserves it because he's the one that is selling. Like, no, no one. He's the one that people are tuning in to watch. We all know what Dan can do, exactly. and I like. I'm a big Dan Cormier fan. You know, put well, him on bully beatdown way back when. But but GSP system. He's gonna ride him out. You know, he's gonna mm -hmm. push him back from a distance, cut an angle, and just lay on top of him. He's that, the, the 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 fun is coming from Derek. That's that's where the fun of this is. Absolutely. Happening. I don't know. I think that MMA. MMA could learn a few things from boxing on how to make money and, and how to protect the, the top guys and get the top guys some money. But at the same time, boxing needs to take something from MMA and learn a little more of the, the promotion runs things and get enough guys under one roof that they can start making stars again. Yeah. Boxing has to stop expecting guys to just become stars. That's not going to work. We have to start making stars for boxing. Yeah, you know, when I was growing up and became a, first became a boxing fan, you know, you could see boxing every Saturday afternoon on Wide World of Sports. And and there were guys that you watched from the time they were 2-0, and 3-0, and 4-0, and, and they brought them along, you know, on TV. And those packages were good. You would watch those packages, and you would get to know a yeah, fight. And, and most of the time, they were being, you know, I, I, I always, I always say that, like, I was a big John the Beast Mugabe fan back in the early '80s, and it's because he would come on Wide World Sports every Saturday afternoon. And every like every other, they, they fed him some real tomato cans, but they brought him on, and he was just a scary dude, and the crowd would all chant "Beast, Beast, Beast, Beast," and 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 you know you looked forward to those fights because you knew they were going to be exciting. You knew there was going to be a knockout. You knew the crowd was going to go completely apeshit. Well, and, here's uh, the, the trick for boxing now though, 
Look at what we were talking about with Kevin Cross earlier. You guys saw him from that internet stuff. We saw him from that internet stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, there's something to that. And he's a star now. He's, he's you know, a star in AAA. He's a star in Lucha Underground. He's a star in Impact. And a lot of it is what he built himself on the internet that keeps propelling it. You know mm -hmm. what the guy is. And, and he gave himself a coolness factor. Wrestlers have been trying to figure that shit out forever. And it's not that difficult. And a lot of them are starting to do that now. I mean, the, the, the young bucks, I mean, they are making themselves cool. And mm -hmm. a lot of these MMA guys are starting to do that now. I mean, look at Colby Covington, not necessarily mm -hmm. making himself cool, but making himself a character, making mm -hmm. himself noteworthy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, the, and, and, uh, you know, the Fed, they, each of the different, you know, like Bellator has a different sort of sort of corporate philosophy, I think, than you, UFC. And in some ways, they're more fun, I think, because they, they're, they, you know, they, they go for the matchups, you know, which, which I like. You know, granted, many of the matchups I wish I'd seen in 2008. Correct. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but there's still matchups I know and I want to see, you know. And, they're and making some, of them, some of them crash and burn and their money grabs clearly and whatever, but... But you know, everyone's they've, they've also got some up and coming stars, you know that that I really like. That that uh, you know, I I, I think um, it, it's a good time in MMA right now. And then you know, uh, PFL and you know, there's some other stuff. And I watched a little bare knuckle boxing the other day. I mean, you know, there's there's a gimmick to that too. You know, yeah. um, I have a story about some bare knuckle boxing. I almost ended up in that world not too long ago. <laughs> not fighting. Not fighting. No, I had oh. me. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, MGM was looking. You know, I, I, I somehow someone sent me some stuff for them, and that's why I kind of did a deep dive on them one day. And you know, it's 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 interesting, um, you know. But it's it's you know, combat sports aren't going anywhere. In fact, I think they're just getting bigger and better. I hope so. We'll I, see. I was going to say to you, how is boxing presented in America as a TV show? Like, do you know the big fights? Is it actually a show or they just go straight into the like undercard i think i think that the one thing that boxing has over mma still is the is the one big event a year you know what i mean uh um you know they can still pull on that be put on that big big event the close the closest thing that i've seen to it in mma really is conor mcgregor um you know, and, and, and like, you know, his thing with Khabib is, you know, poor Khabib just didn't understand that that was all just work, you know, it was all just a gimmick. And, and you know, he, he didn't realize that he thought Connor meant all that stuff. Well, Connor didn't mean it. It's just his stupid, you know, character that he creates. Like, yeah, it gets a little annoying, but it sold the shit out of it. I mean, you know, they, like, like yeah, Khabib should be high fiving him and thanking him, like all the other guys. That I mean, Nate as Diaz good as Khabib is, out of nobody, Connor these nobody, days. nobody's having a fight party for a Khabib fight. They're just not, you know. Um, so, but I mean, and I'm and I'm a guy who's a big Khabib fan. I was, uh, you know, was cheering for him, but but uh, you know, you need you need a reason to tune. You got to, you know, Floyd Mayweather is same thing. It's like you, I, I I paid for a lot of Floyd Mayweather pay per views, not because I like Floyd Mayweather, because I wanted to watch him lose. You know? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it was difficult to do when he's boxing Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I said it. I said it. Yep. My Donna beat him. I'm gonna keep on saying that my Donna beat him in the first fight. And now my I, don't think you're, I don't think you're, I, I don't think you're all that wrong, actually. Me um, um, in life. <laughs> but 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 I still think they put on the big, big star-studded celebrity fight night thing better than okay. anybody still in boxing, I think. 
I mean, the, yeah, the, I, um, I, the, I was going to say, because so, there's a weird thing that happens here. So, like, fights here, you get you, you kind of tune in, and it's a bit dullish when they're doing the undercard, and they kind of cut back to the guys chatting away about the main fight. Um, but I know in some countries, I think I want to say Germany, but I'm not 100% sure, they kind of just, like, just go straight in for the fights. Or, like, the undercard won't be on TV, and they just go for the main. That's oh. how that's presented in America. No, we we usually get a Is big, long, big boring thing? undercard, you know, and that's usually <laughs> the promoter. That's usually the promoters are, are, are you know, are involved in that. Yeah. Those decisions. It's never about entertainment value. It's it's always about you know promoters needing to get guys fights on television. Yeah. But you know, the one thing I will say about boxing that that and this is a real it's an advantage, but it's also an annoyance with it. It's that um, if you go to if you look during a big fight week. That's the week when everybody's a boxing expert. If it's a big fight on Saturday night, everyone you talk to from Wednesday through Saturday is an expert in boxing. We'll tell you what each guy needs to do and blah, blah, blah. They're all so damn sure of themselves, even though they don't know any. That's the only time of year they watch it. It's, it's a sport that you can kind of just jump into and pretend like you know what you're talking about. And a lot of people do. MMA, you don't have the same... Um, MMA, you, you you're exposed if you don't know what you're talking about. You if you can't sit there and and, and say the name of you know and, and identify what a Kimura is or Omoplata or whatever, you know whatever it is, you know you're sort of exposed as a as, as a minor fan. But with boxing, oh you know jab cross hook, that's all you really need to know, and then you're a fucking expert like everybody else. So oh. so that does draw in a certain amount of of. Of, of the kind of know-it-all fan boxing boxing has those kind of bandwagon anthony fans joshua who know it all <laughs> it's very they're called anthony joshua fans um that is official <laughs> phrase and that because... is a shoot ouch yeah you're, English, oh, you're, supposed, big... you're supposed to worship that guy come on no fuck him fuck him he's gonna get caught out for a drug test at some point and that'll be interesting <laughs> he's a perfect example of he's an athlete not necessarily a fighter he's a great athlete well, you can definitely hear me, uh, Peanut Gallery, shouting my two cents at some of your fighters on Contender in a few of those episodes. But, but, but I'm not. But, but you know what you're talking. About. I needed to tell those guys what they needed to do. <laughs> but it's easy to do in boxing. You know, pu punch. Use your jab. Stick the jab. Stick well, the jab. Use your jab. To, you know, move your head more. I mean, there's five or six things that you can yell at any one time, and nobody's going to say you're wrong. I was a little more specific than that, but especially in the uh, the Moore fight where he wasn't pivoting to the left, where he could have totally come up underneath the body yeah. the whole time, and. You know, I can just I'm waiting to watch that episode because I can hear Andre Ward sitting there saying that shit too to, to the Latin snake over there, Sergio. I can just see the two of them going wise and I mean and it's happened every episode too. When those I love those two. They're like the, the guys in the Muppets sitting in the balcony <laughs> when they're watching those fights. It's one of the things I love about the contenders. They're just sitting there like, Oh my god, will this kid just put his left hand in there already? Like it just yeah, they're fun. They they do a good job. And and Sergio does a good job on his own. I don't know if you've seen him do that yet, but I need to subscribe to that because I don't I apparently do too. I've been taking shit from a bunch of people that I'm not watching all this crazy stuff that's happening on DAZN now. DAZN is blowing up and they're signing up promotions uh, of all kinds. Like, I like what they're doing. They, they they got a lot of Bellator fights. They got a lot of good boxing. Like I actually tried to download it, but I couldn't get it on my TV. Uh, you know, they've really got to change the name though, don't they? I mean, it's DAZN stupid. is kind of bad. DAZN and DAZN, yeah, it's like... I'm in DAZN. Like, it, what yeah. That? It's like a, a bad nightclub in Lebanon or something like that. It's just terrible. <laughs> horrible. 
so awful. Oh my god. Let me look at my notes here, see if I have anything left for, for Mr. Van Wagnon. Um, I think I've covered most of my stuff. Is there anything that you're really looking forward to from Ultima Lucha 4? Anything that you want people to know to, to get them to watch this thing or that you want to talk about? Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, you, you, you've hit on it. I think that um, if you've liked our season finales uh, in the past, you would like this season finale. It, it, it does a great job of answering some questions and then opening up new questions where you'll sit there and go, oh, man, where are they going to go now? Uh, and it will answer some things, but then, but then you'll be scratching your head, going, "What the fuck did I just see?" You know, they, there will be those moments. Do you have a favorite match from Ultima Lucha, whether it be part one or two? I mean, last year it was clearly, you know, there was there was a runaway, but this year is a little different, right? <laughs> I think it was the last one. <laughs> I, mean, I was so damn tired. I just I was like, like that's over. Oh, it was so exhausting. That was a tiring day. It was. It's, it's hard to keep. It's hard to remember your pers you know, your perspective at the moment. But you know, I have a I, I have a, um, a a genuine soft spot with Marty because uh, of our long uh, history uh, uh, together. So so you know, I'm I'm always a little nervous when when he's out there for him, and I'm always safe when uh, he makes it home in one piece. Yeah. And and I and I love Pentagon. I you know I think he I, I you know I was I was excited for that match. I knew they would just I I was excited, but at the same time very deeply concerned. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, mm, yep. Uh -huh. Cosine. <laughs> telling them they kept on looking over to you. I, I really was. There's a we couple times you. where I, I don't believe that you were at Gorilla for, for any of that match. I'm pretty sure you were standing in the doorway over by the bowling alley the whole time, right? Yeah, I, you know, I, I like to come in certain times. I like to – certain stuff I like to watch from inside. And I, I, I that one section I, found, I used to be able to pick a seat out, and I would just sit and watch. Um, and I'm trying to remember if where I watched that one from, but I, I just remember I think you're in a hill in the like, tunnel. But yeah, I remember just thinking like, okay, this is this is enough. <laughs> no more, no more. Stop, please. This is enough, you know. And like looking around for who's who's going to stop this. And I guess it should have well, been me, but it wasn't. You the whole time. I'm looking over at yeah. you like, oh shit, Eric's not stopping it. I guess this is. <laughs> and by the way, folks, it didn't stop. It kept going. Yeah, yeah. That would have been I, a I great finish. It, you know, I, I hope it. I hope it uh, comes through. You know, we had to make a lot of edits in in Ultima Lucha. Yeah, uh, I'd imagine we, so because we, don't, we didn't have the TV time for it. So um, it, it it will seem a lot less excruciating, I think, in the TV version of it. I mean, there was no way to go to El Rey and just be like, "Look, guys, we shot some extra stuff that day. You want to go three hours on?" This I, I actually did. <laughs> I actually <laughs> did, uh, but it didn't work out. And we couldn't couldn't get the right deal done. But I offered three hours for the last one. I said we can get um, you three hours easy. Yeah, you really could. Put it on a DVD. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the German DVDs. The German yeah. DVDs. Yeah. For yeah, for just very little extra cost, we could have had a whole extra hour. So we'll see. But but I mean, it, it didn't work out. They they uh, they have an agenda, and you know, it's hard to throw a some. You know, you can't. It, it, I mean, the fact that I could even I even felt comfortable asking tells you what an awesome network L Ray is. <laughs> right. Yeah, try that at CBS. <laughs> yeah, maybe you get away with it at, at FX. But that was yeah. like, you know, Sons of Anarchy's last season when Kurt Sutter just started writing 
10 act episodes of TV. That's supposed to be a one hour show. He just, he just went into business for himself and they're like, okay, sure. We'll make this episode an hour and 49 minutes long. Like just <laughs> random numbers for that last season of Sons of Anarchy. No two episodes are the same length at all, but that's pretty. Yeah, we, don't, we don't have that luxury. And for those of us who are on uh, episodic deals, they're always a little suspicious when you tell them you want to make an extra hour out of it. <laughs> they're like, hmm. What's, what's his real motivation? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for stopping by, Eric. As always, uh, this has been fun. I wish we could have had DJ here too, but there was no way in hell we were going to get everyone's schedules to line yeah, up. You tried. You were a valiant effort. And please, uh, I have I have a lot of comps to give out for Friday at the forum. So um, give me a list of who wants them, and you and who, all you guys, you're more than welcome to come. Meef, jump on a plane. You can make it. I am definitely going to be there. I just need, what do I need to do? Give you a number of how many are coming with me? Email me names and numbers or, or even just a number. I can, if you want, I can just put them all under your name or if you want to divvy them up, I'll, I'll figure it out. I might do a little of both because I definitely. But, yeah. Any, anyone from the Lucha family who, who hits me up or hits you up, I'll, I'll take care of you. All right. You guys heard it right there from the boss, right. man. Let's go to the contender. November 9th, right? LA the forum in Los Angeles at the forum. What's the, what's the, the basically what you should know is, is that we're down to the final four. Uh, and then all four of these guys who are in the final fight are going to fight. We'll have a first place fight and a third place fight. And then we will have, um, I believe it's five undercard fights of guys all from within the show that will be fighting each other. Awesome. Um, yeah. So Perfect. if you're a fan of the show and you've seen the guys, some of the matches that didn't get made that we all wanted to see, we're, we're making them for the undercard. Oh, thank God. Cause there's a couple of them that I definitely, that should have happened. That get to see some of these guys fight again. It'll be fun. Yeah. And a couple of those fights were almost like, damn, I wish this was the semifinals or the finals. I, exactly. That's the beauty of the format. You just never know when you're going to get the good ones. And if you guys, if you haven't been watching the show, still go to the finale because the, the this is a great cast perfectly matched up um you know different skill levels but they're all kind of right in the pocket where any one of them could beat another one of the guys it's pretty yeah. amazing um, so all season long there was yeah. very few uh, walkovers there was one fight that i just was the first fight of the semi-final round the the medallion round or whatever that was like wow where did that come from i was not expecting it at all the guy who hadn't fought in like three years what was oh yeah brandon yeah right. he's yeah yeah, he's in the final four. I was just like, what the hell? Everyone yeah. was. I mean, and, and then his fight after that. I mean, amazing. Amazing. So, LA boy. You got to love the LA boy. Yeah, you guys got to watch the show and go to the finale if you have a chance. Uh, Brandon definitely wants to hit you up for, for tickets. So yeah. look, look in your DM. He's going to DM you. Thank well, you. that's his great horror movie idea that he wants to pitch as well. Uh, pitch it to Roach. That's the guy working in the horror movie business. Yeah. He's got the all right. All right, all right, guys. I gotta Thanks go. So much. Appreciate it. Get out of here. Yeah. Go back to one of your fifteen jobs. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um. Now, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> I'm going to talk about one more thing from wrestling because I cannot imagine Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. I love I I love Ronda. I can see her doing a lot of things. This is not a program I want to see, guys. I just got to I got to throw that one out there. I think if it was going to happen, it should have happened later than this. I feel yeah. like they're just trying to they're just trying to pick up momentum off of Evolution, which, by the way, was a really good show. Evolution was great. No problems with Evolution. And, I just didn't expect this to be the storyline coming out of it going forward. Right. And I also think that the fact that they were teasing Becky Lynch and Cyborg for so long, and then you end up pulling this, I feel like if Cyborg ever happens, this is kind of taking away from it. 
But aren't they doing champ versus champ at uh, Survivor Series? Yep. Well, yeah, obviously that's the setup. But I just I, – I, I don't think Ronda's ready for it yet. I don't think Becky can – I feel like it's going to be a really sloppy, messy. awkward, weird, messy match. But they'd have to take the belt off of one of them if they don't want that match because they're doing that with several belts, you know? Like they well, wrote themselves into that corner. Well, they have plenty of time to start practicing. They have plenty of time to start practicing since well, and, uh, they won't be at Crown Jewel. Yeah, and we've seen, uh, we've seen in the past too, though, when Ronda practices and works a match a lot, they're better. You know, I, I don't think that this last pay-per-view was as good because I don't think she worked that program as long. Um, so I think you get her, uh, yeah, if her and Becky start working it now, it could well, be really good. I, think it, I don't think this think last one was as good because you also, she had a worry about doing the whole thing with, uh, with Brie on the outside as well. So it's, it's more, when you have more cooks in the kitchen, it's going to make, uh, a rookie cook, like not look as well. Well, and I think, honestly, I mean, as, as much as the Bella Twins have been around, I, I don't feel like any of them, any of the people in that match were like really uh, ring leaders. You don't, you didn't have like a Mickey James in there or somebody who's really super experienced or somebody who could really get in there and call a match. You know, I feel like they were all kind of. Say it. Say yeah. the are terrible, Justin. Just say they're terrible. I don't know if I would say they're terrible. Yeah, I don't wanna- I don't. I don't. I, I would. I would honestly wish they never existed. Well, I mean, teach his own. I, I like the fact that they played them as the the divas versus the evolution generation. I think that that was an appropriate way to play it. I think it was the right timing for that to kind of kill kill the diva movement for once and for all, and kind of put the Bellas to to bed. I think that that was actually great that they did that. Yeah, but every um, time they say this, they they always bring back the diva thing. Oh, of course they will. Of course they will. But I, it still made sense to do it here. I'm still unsure about what Nia Jax is. Of what Nia Jax she's, is? <laughs> well, the thing is, is one. Well, she's this whole thing of she was the um, obviously large uh, character, the monster, the bully, and then it was oh no, she's the bullied, and then it was like they were trying to make her a face at the same time they're making her evil, and it was just it's that thing of going back to the '90s where oh, even if you want to say to the Bellas where the Bellas were actually the people they were pushing uh, at the top of the company in terms of you should love these people, but at the same time they're evil and they're bullies and they're actually nasty people. And they never get their comeuppance. That's where you invest in the storyline is that the fact that the bad people finally lose or finally get their comeuppance. It never really happened for them. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, then, I, I think yeah, it's I mean, I think that's Nia, Nia as well. Pushed to the wayside. I mean, she's been Jinder Mahal. I think it's just kind of, you know, you, this is the way the WWE works. They're going to get that push. They're going to try to force people to latch on to you. And if it doesn't work, they're going to let you fade off. And then maybe they'll give you another shot at it when they work something out. Unless you're Roman, who they just kept going but, and going yeah. and going and never let it fade. Um, I don't know if you call – I want to say it was on Raw. Did you catch the Nia Jax and Ember Moon interaction? Um, I don't know what – Feel like I did. They're, they're both paying attention. They're both being the heel. They're both being the face, and it's really, really bizarre. And it's like, are you trying to say that Ember Moon's now going to be the bullet? I, I just think that every time they put Nia Jax in a thing with anybody, they uh, the other. She person is a bullet. problematic talent, but also just like Vince likes a big man, I think he likes just her physical presence in the ring, and I think Vince. It, it, 
is probably the one to do these things with her. I don't know. In terms of using her, that's not a problem. What I mean is in terms of what they always seem to get her in where she's, she bullies people, but at the same time she's the bully, which I know is actually a real life thing that actually does generally happen. But then the, the other person they're putting against is Ember Moon, who's, you know, nice Ember Moon. Everybody loves Ember Moon. And it's just a case of going, but now she's been evil as well as being good. And it's just, it's a hot mess, basically, is what I'm trying to say. It's very convoluted, and it is a hot mess. Yeah. And Byron, do you have anything you want to talk about? Do you feel vindicated for uh, Roach's comments on Jeff Cobb? Does that make you feel better? Who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. I want. I. I. I just. I used a lot of restraint. I because I had a lot of Twitter questions for the guys because I can't see certain sections of Twitter, so I just wanted to ask about <laughs> well, certain tweets I can't read. Like what? What tweets would those be, Byron? I don't know. There's a there's a corner of Twitter that I don't have access to, so I just that, I wanted to see what was going on over there. Joseph's corner of Twitter. Uh, who? Oh, no, it, I don't oh, know. Sorry, it's Chavo Guerrero's corner of Twitter. Chavo, I wanted to know what Chavo's tweeting. Uh, how's to Joseph doing? Wasn't it's weird he wasn't here. No, he's uh, he was uh, indisposed. It's good you're here. Uh, I don't know. He's awesome. I'm. I'm. That was. Uh, that's awesome. That uh, Drago, Drago's uh, horns through the helmet idea was his. You know? uh, dude, I'm telling you, uh, like I could tell just from a couple of his tweets that that was like a proud Papa moment for for DJ. The whole thing, like, and, yeah. and the fact that people on the internet were responding to it. He was retweeting pretty much anybody who was talking about Drago in a helmet, to the point where I didn't even tweet about it because I was too busy reading the tweets because he was retweeting them all. But it was a good spot. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> Wait, you didn't. I'm, that's why I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you what happens on DJ's timeline so that you will know. Yeah, I don't have much time for Twitter these days, so thank you for letting me know. All right. <laughs> okay, yeah. This was a really cool uh, interview. There was some stuff I wasn't expecting to happen, and some of it they just were like ready to throw at us right away. Well, good, because then you, you get to edit some nice, fun video clips, because I'm working the next four days, so have at it. You don't edit them in the first place. I stopped editing stuff. I used to edit stuff for um, LuchaCentral.com, but now I don't do that anymore. I did that, too. I, I have, have We have, like, three videos they haven't put up. I should just I have, put them on our stuff. I probably have three or four. <laughs> I have a really good Chris to Joseph uh, highlight video. I email, You know what happened. I put together this great video for Lucha Central about Chris to Joseph, one of our better interviews. And then I emailed to Joseph and I said, you're going to love this. This is a cool video. And they never posted it. And he thinks I'm a liar. And I was mocking him. That might be part of it. I also think that it's because they run a Lucha Libre central website. And we just kept getting all the white talent from Lucha Underground <laughs> and none of the Latino talent. <laughs> Which is really my own fault for doing so poorly in middle school Spanish. We had Marty Elias. We had uh, Cobra Moon. Yeah, they ran those. Yeah. Uh, and then we had uh, who else? Kevin Cross. Mariachi Loco. We had Marty the Moth. And then we Loco Cello. Oh, we did have those guys. Yeah, that's true. They're luchadors. They're awesome. All right. I don't have anything else. Yeah, Steve Payne on. 
I think this episode stands for itself. I don't know if we do. We need to talk about Ultima Lucha one. Do we uh, Quattro Part one? I think it was pretty I, much spoke. Uh, I mean, the interview spoke for itself with everything that happened during Ultima Lucha Quattro. But odds are that if you're watching slash listening to this right now, it's going to be before Tuesday, November sixth. So I'm just going to say this: please go out to the polls and vote. Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. I voted today. Please I vote. even got my. I'm the orange bastard. Yeah, I, voted, I voted last week. It's, I'm telling you, these mail-in votes are great. So I'm going to mail no, mine in tomorrow. This huge packet thing, that, that it's crazy, man. My yeah. mail-in thing is like this thick now with this new ballot. It's crazy. Yep. And I actually just got an email saying that my ballot has been received. So You can check online and see what the latest status is. Mine basically says it. I mean, it says that I, they received it, so... Well, it's I been hacked it. by Russians, though, that email. No, but you could go online, because I was waiting. Didn't they say the yeah. machines were changing votes? That's in this one area, it's automatically... What, but no, in that situation, the story that you're referring to, if you just did a party, if you down voted for the entire party, um, then it was doing a weird response for... It was a glitch for, for that. Do that? Where... Um, I don't typically vote down party lines, though, so I, didn't, I would never do that. So I will have to say my ballot leaned very heavily in a certain direction this time. Ditto. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of people. debating issues in my mind for this one. So How did you guys figure out how to vote for the, for the judges? Um, That's what I'm hung up well, on. Okay, so here, here – and this is some advice for people because I, I, I do feel like some of these things scare people away. First of all – you don't have to vote in every single election. Mm-hmm. So don't let the fact that you, you see these ballots and it's like, oh, I don't know who these judges are and they're not represented by a party. You very simply don't have to vote for them. Please go and vote for the people that you want to vote for at the top of the card. I don't care if you just vote for governor or just vote for senator or just vote on that one issue that you actually care about. You can just go and cast your vote for one thing if you want, or you can do the whole thing. Now, if you're trying to figure out things like that, the real question is to get information, who do you trust? Because all the information is going to be skewed. It's never going to be unbiased, especially when it comes to candidates. Now, on issues, you might actually find some unbiased journalism that just explains what the issue is. And even the pamphlet itself has pretty good descriptions of, Hey, it means this and this and this, but unless you're reading the, I I don't have it up here anymore, but unless you're reading the big book, be very careful because there's a lot of writers and things attached to some of those things. So the, the one line description that may sound real sexy and like something you're totally behind when you find out that there's like, you know, a kick, kick your dog fund as a writer on line 50 of that thing, you might not be anymore. Um, but the real trick is, uh, when you're going to vote, get the little booklet, go down the issues, fill out, fill out your practice ballot or whatever, and then say, who do I trust? Who do I believe in? Who do I want to help me make these decisions? Because mm-hmm. it's going to be skewed and it's going to be biased. Is it the uh, Friends of Police? Because they have a website with everybody they're endorsing. Is it the Teachers Union? Is it the LA Times? Is it, you know... Like, what newspaper do you read, and do you like the stuff that you see in that newspaper? See what their endorsements are. Read them. You may not agree with some of them, but you might. And typically, you know, in Los Angeles, the LA Times tends to be pretty liberal. So if you're a Democrat and you don't know how to vote on some of these things that even the Democratic Party is not putting on their website, like judicial uh, 
approvals, go to the LA Times. They'll tell you what liberals should be voting for. Um, mm. You know, or go to to a conservative publication. Go to the Orange County Register or whatever if you want to know what the conservatives are voting for. There's ways to figure it out, and I encourage everybody to to just look into it. And it does not take that long. Twenty minutes of your time, and you can figure those out. Or, like I said, skip them, but vote. Just vote for the ones at the top. Like if you're a Democrat or a Republican, you know if you lean left or right. You can vote for governor, Senate, state assemblymen. You can vote for those. You know yeah. who those are that you want. Trust me. Yeah, and the, with the oh, mail-in ballots, with the mail-in ballots, it's actually making it a lot easier to do your research while you're actually voting. So absolutely, you should definitely. If you're not, uh, if you're not currently registered for that after this election, all you have to do is just re-register to vote with that option, and you're done. Yeah. What were you going to say, Meef? Our elections are not as... As a, as a man who is stuck with a horrible... The country's going to get turned into a post-apocalyptic world um, because so I want to say only... I want to say 37% of the country actually turned out to vote for Brexit or on it. And the difference was, I think, 7, 0.7%. So the, the, it was like 43 versus, you know, 507 percent of only 32 or 37 percent of the country voted so you know it's a major decision that's affected this country and it will destroy this country aren't um, you trying to reverse brexit now no no no. what we're trying to do is basically not reverse it but go we need to have a vote on actually what they voted for the separation as an idea for the referendum thing mm-hmm. and now Basically, we've got an absolute cunt as a uh, prime minister and a horrible party in charge who basically wants to destroy a national health service and turn it into a money-making scheme. So they're trying to turn it into America. Yeah, and uh, basically they're trying to do a thing with immigration and they're they're just making this whole place a bit of a nightmare at the minute. And um, they, they, what we're, what the second, the idea is to have a second vote to say we voted, uh, and it was very close. And then it's like to go, right, now that everybody knows the real truth of what will happen coming out of it and what the deal is with Europe, are we voting to accept that as the deal? Is right. what they're trying to do. So they're, not not trying to, they're not trying to Brexit in, they're just trying to define the Brexit. Yeah, yeah. so like, basically, the, 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 because what happened was is the the last prime minister put, the, put this into place because he was like, no one's going to fucking do this because it's suicide. Um, and it happened, and he quit the next day. Your country because is full of right. and nonsense yeah, and so, giant piles of shite. They were literally trying. They were trying. They pushed through general elections. It seemed like the the woman who's in charge now. She she put, called a general election because at the time the guy had. So it's not set in stone. You can call a general election in this, like an area of like say two years or something anywhere along there. The guy who was there in the opposition party, um, she, he had quite low figures, so she called it quickly and managed to somehow get through by the skin of her teeth on that. I mean, it wasn't a great victory for her. You guys are really surprised a... that we left, are you? No. Okay. I mean, we've got our own issues, but man, your shit's complicated. Uh, yeah, the whole Protestant Catholic and then, you know, pagans. Yeah, I mean, well, religion's all tied up in it. Go back to paganism, it's awesome. Meef, what's it like to live under the rule of a king? 
Oh, stop it. Anyone else got anything else about combat sports or MMA related to talk about? Because I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, I'm just going to promote the comic book story of professional wrestling again by Aubrey Sitterson and Chris Marino. And I think you should pick it up if you haven't gotten it already because it's phenomenal. And my lights are going off and on. I don't know what's going on here. Wow, I'm having a seizure, man. Byron, what are you promoting? Is this, new house? Is this your new place to live? Festivus. For the rest of us. Yeah. What is this place that you're in? Is this your new abode? I don't think I've seen this yet. Last time this we were in New home. York, you came to me. You could come here. Your hotel is probably nicer. Yeah, this is my office. My front door is somewhere behind me. That's the, that's um, the Blues Brothers. You have, have multiple rooms. Uh, multiple rooms. I, I live in a mansion compared to where I lived last, uh, last uh, year. Well, you picked a, a, a easier to live in part of New York for having more space, I think. Yeah. Also, um, next time you're in town, can you walk around my neighborhood with me? So that know. the black folks accept you. I'm your black friend. Is that what you're saying, Byron? At least half of that. You chose to live in Bed-Stuy. <laughs> what, no, it's have awesome. you not seen a Spike Lee movie? Um, no, I love it here. It's really great. And um, I'm really happy to not live in Manhattan. No offense Manhattan. to Manhattan. <laughs> you have to Manhattan now. It's funny. Uh, really nice door that's, that's one thing. The Alcatraz for the Dolphin is really nice. The Dolphin? No, you, you, the door frame. Your door frame is really nice. Door frame. Oh, the, the, uh, yeah, the, don't, the molding. Don't talk about Dolphins. Really, remember this. It's all incredible. No, everything here is awesome. I like it a lot. I like everything. I like, it's great. Well, I'm glad I'm you like it. Joking. I'm glad you like it a lot. I mean, I was joking because really, like, if, yeah, there's only so much credit credibility that you would be able to get me in. Anyway. I would be remiss, by the way, if I didn't tell people to go listen to, um, what is it? Off Miserable Pod of Secrets and Mark Out Mania. What is Casey's new show yeah, called? Mark Out, Mark Out Mania is really good. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? His show with Max not really good? I haven't heard it yet. I haven't had any time, but it's called Miserable Pot of Secrets, right? Am I getting that right? No idea. You know, you know what's really? Have you guys seen Hereditary? Anyway, go watch all oh the shows that Casey Moonlights on on us for. Obviously, he's not here right now because it's a Thursday. This is our normal time that we used to broadcast all the time, but we stopped doing it because Casey can never do these. But then he can never do Fridays half the time either. So we should have just kept Thursday. I don't know. Anyway, it's a great day. We had we had him last Sunday, so go back and watch that episode if you're missing Casey, because there's a whole lot of Casey in that episode, and it's pretty good. <laughs> Byron laughs. You're a dick. No, there's some good. Uh, speaking of dicks, there's a lot of dick jokes in that episode. So if you like dick jokes and you like Casey, go back and watch our last episode. If you like Lucha Underground and cool Lucha Underground things, watch next week because maybe I'll try to get some more guests because uh, there's a whole lot of people that I've been talking to recently, and uh, there's a few of them that might want to come on. So. Stick around for cool stuff. Glad you guys could all join us for the few bosses that we could get. One of these days we'll have to get Skip, and I'd love to get DJ back in here and talk to him about some of these things. We we drilled Roach with a lot of them, though. I, I thought he was going to defer a lot of them to DJ, like, oh, I'd ask him sometime. But he actually went for it. So I dig it, because he's in that writer's room, too, damn it. He takes he at least 42% responsibility for everything written on that show. Um, you guys got anything else? Stay cool and stay in the mix. Uh, your 
face. That's my line. You, Someone say penis. Penis. Get him out. Boom. Vote. Get him out. Vote. Everyone go vote. When we when we tell people to go vote, we also like we're being specific. Vote for who we would vote for. No, don't if you're do not going to vote for who we're voting for, maybe just stay home. Hey, but also like don't mail it in. Just don't vote for Donald Trump shit. So there you go. Don't vote for racism. Don't vote for slavery. Don't. A vote lot for, of people like people. those things. And damn it, in America, if you like those things, you are fully entitled to vote for those things. And I encourage it. I don't like you, sure. but I encourage it. That's democracy. Beside the point. I think I think you can have a discourse that doesn't involve uh, racism. Stay comments. Stay in the mix.